Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. You are now listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the OG bad boys of Bigfoot, the Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive of Squatchology, the Chip and Dale of Bigfoot, and I'm not talking about the cartoon. Please welcome your hosts, the Bigfoot celebrity couple, Biff Clobo, better known as Cliff Berrickman and James Bobo Pay. Cliff. Bobo, how are you doing, sir? Good, brother. I know you've been busy as heck, so I appreciate you taking a little time to do the podcast. Oh, this is this is one of my um, my, my islands that I like to retreat to. So thanks for uh, arranging something this week. I know that with both of our schedules, it's been a little bit hard lately. Yeah, but it's worth that we're taking some time off because we got the one and only, the marvelous, the talented, the beautiful, the wonderful, intelligent, interesting Connie Willis. Connie Yay! Willis. Hey, Connie. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, when you told me who he had lined up for this week, I was pretty excited, you know, because uh, I've I've been on uh, Coast to Coast with Connie a couple times, and it's always a pleasure. We've had some campfire time together over at Tom Powell's house, if I remember right, or yeah. somewhere back then. Yeah, just uh, so she's not only a, a great person in the community, but also a good friend. So, Connie, thank you for setting aside some time and coming to hang out with us. Well, thank you. And I think it was even a barbecue at your place. Was it my where, house? I don't yeah, know. I get confused. Yeah. But I was with Tom. But then, no, but then we all went to Tom's, and I think yeah. you were there, too. I know Bobo was. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of the guy. Oh, my gosh. He'll he'll kill me for this, uh, who who ran off into the woods at one point. And, um, anyway, you guys know all those people. They're all up there in the Pacific Northwest where all that fun stuff is. And I'm actually in Colorado where the Rockies are, and I've seen some really, really unbelievable stuff so i hope you guys come down here well you guys are coming down here not like at the sasquatch outpost right or something i will cliff's not going to make it this year yeah yeah, i've got another engagement that same weekend so i can't be in two places at once yet but i'm working on it (laughs) now now if somebody does the same tattoo that you put on your body that's exactly (laughs) like you then somebody could so what about um crypticon that's in kentucky and i was just told that you guys are going to be there yeah, CryptidCon. Yeah, that's a great event. I think this yeah. is the third year running on that, and it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. Uh, Bob, Bob's and I have been done, doing it the last couple of years, and they're getting more and more uh, names on board as well. Yeah, Good. That's awesome. It's my favorite con. Yeah. Well, I hope to. I hope to go there. I I gotta. I gotta figure out how to get to go to these things. I uh, people start telling me, "Well, you're on coast. I I, I didn't think we could afford you." I'm like, "Well, give it a shot." You know. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead you know, and try. this is how we make our living, right? Come on. Yeah. yeah. I dare you to afford me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Four seasons. Um, First class. Well, oh, no, yeah. Connie, Connie we're, I thought you were based out of Kentucky. Do I have that wrong or did there was a change in your life or am I just making things up? Yeah, some changes. And um, 
uh, kind of roaming around. I was like, do I go to Seattle? Do I go to L.A.? Do I go to uh, Colorado? Where do I go? You know, and I kind of flipped a coin and I'm still kind of flipping coins. But I got to tell you, checking out the Rockies, it's amazing. And, you know, you got the San Luis Valley and you got all these really crazy, weird areas. But I have seen things uh, that. I mean, a full scale, full scale, we call it the scaling Bigfoot or the scaling Sasquatch because uh, it was scaling the mountain. It, it, uh, I saw full body. I thought it was this big guy. And I was like, man, that's a big guy. And I was like, no way could a big guy go up that fast up the hill, full body, uh, grabbing each one of the uh, aspens or birch or whatever the one tree is. It's, these trees are all still new to me where they've got these uh, you know, spikes of the other wood coming out to where you better have precision, especially going that fast to grab those. Even if you have a big, big hand, it's going to hurt. And this thing just went, I, I saw full body going up and it just went so fast. At one point it blurred because it went that fast, but it also, um, even as fast as it went and as high as the incline or, you know, is yeah, the degree of the incline, it, um, the head still looked like it was gliding. You could have put a book on there and it would not have fallen off. It's amazing. So, you know, when people do see these things gliding, they say it looked like it was gliding. It seemed to still be moving. When did the, when did the sighting occur? Cause I think you had seen one when I had spoken to you last. Yeah. Yeah. I've had experiences with them. Um, and mind speak, I know, I'm not sure you like are there with that yet, but we'll ask you about that. Sure. But, but, um, yeah, this more, was uh, okay. <laughs> well, once they start talking to you, you can't. You just it's just the way it is. Um, it was probably three to four months ago, and then two months ago. This is the Rockies, okay? I mean, and structures everywhere that you know they're really amazing. And by the way, the people that take me out are called Sasquatch Journey, and also Jason Frank and Dennis Fole. You you might know Dennis. Oh yeah. Uh, Dennis took me out last time we went. We saw this is amazing. Okay, so there was I was staying in their uh, Jason Frank's vehicle, which was a truck. So I had a 360 degree, uh, you know, see it all happen in this very active spot. And I saw something. And I said this beforehand. And Bobo, you'll understand this because you know, it's a little bit of that mind speak. I just put out there through my mind, I said, I don't want to see your eyes. I don't want to see your eyes because I knew they were there, right? I knew they were there. Very active area. These people go, they have a, a nice relationship. And I looked over at, uh, it was almost like something, I don't know, I just woke up and looked over and there was in the window, this huge head, huge head, huge forehead, tussled hair and ears up where, you know, if you had a teddy bear, the ears were up where the teddy bears are and they were pointed. And I was like, oh my gosh, is that what I think it is? And I turned back around and turned back around again because it was in the middle of the night and I, I saw it again. And I did that about four times and I said, okay, it is there. And I thought, I don't want to see the eyes. I don't want to see the eyes. So I looked the other way. And then after a couple minutes or so, I looked back and it was gone. I could see the vehicle behind it. I mean, it took a large portion of this gigantic, you know, huge truck that uh, Jason Frank had. And later when I talked to them about it, he had said, he said, oh, you saw Elvis. I said, what? He said, yeah, Elvis has the pointy ears. I never told you that. And I think it was more of a dog man or we, what people call a dog man because of the pointed ears. But that same night, that same night, 
I kid you not. I kid you not. I don't, you know, I don't kid about this. This is real stuff. Uh, I've been chasing it for years, all sorts of things. And there were beams of light. Now, I've always wanted to see orbs. So I was hoping I would see orbs because that's what I thought. You know, I know that they've been seen in that area. So I saw the light and it's a whole, whole story. But when I, I said, I, I kind of like wanted to pull myself up because I said, oh my gosh, are these the lights I've always wanted to see? Are these the orbs? And I looked up and it was, it was a beam of light coming up. It was about 40 yards away up top spruce trees. And they were beaming down. They had beamed on me in the truck. They had beamed on the tent uh, to the right, the tent straight in front of me, about 20 yards up, and then a tent over to the left. And get this. It didn't it didn't move around like a helicopter where it'd have a spotlight on and it would zoom around left and right and all that to, to find you. No, it knew exactly where you were. It would it would beam itself on you and then turn it off like a light switch. And then it would beam on the next tent and then it would turn off and then it would, you know, make a move. And I did hear clank and clunks. And then it uh, went on the next tent and just knew exactly where it was going to go. And this just turned it on. Bam. Brightest light I've ever seen and beautiful as well. A beautiful light. And it it bent. Even. What was what was the source of the light? You could see like an object, and the light come out of the object, or the light would the object not be there when the light turned off? Well, it was um, uh, it was dark up in right, and so mm-hmm. what I did not see what it was that was coming from it. Uh, it kind of blended in. It was like two to three spruce trees, and it was in. We had just had like a blizzard two nights before. It was still snow, even though uh, in the Rockies there's snow, then it's sun, snow, sun. It's kind of crazy that way. But uh, the, I guess they're the Aspen. I think it's the, is it the Aspen that it's all yeah. one big tree and it's all, you know, roots everywhere and all those like white, the yeah, white. Yeah, Aspen's tend to become white. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe alder, but probably Aspen out there. Okay. So all these Aspen and then spruce trees. So in that little clump of spruce trees, there, uh, it was at the very top, and so you know how they kind of go out that Christmas tree kind of look. So if it was a round saucer or whatever that vehicle was, it was enough to where it hid in there, and whatever came out, you know, whatever the shape was, just within the the spruce trees themselves. But it was right at the top. But it was dark. It was it was maybe three, four in the morning or something like that. But I saw the lights, and it was crazy because uh, one of the couples in the the they had a nylon yellow tent, and it it lit that thing up like crazy because <laughs> like there's this I and they just met each other maybe six months months ago, so I thought oh what are those crazy what's that crazy couple doing in there with all the lights on you know I thought ah good for them, and, and it was so bright and i actually thought one of them had a spotlight and they were shooting it out to see you know cuz they saw something up in the tree that's what i thought at first and then i looked i said no it was coming from the trees oh my gosh and it was so bright and it bent it it hit the tent it didn't bounce off like if i had a flashlight it bounce off it right it it absorbed it and the whole thing was lit up crazy i don't know how they didn't wake up from it but they didn't but she had this uh, like that organite kind of stuff, you know, when people make these organite things. Except, do you know what I'm talking about? No. I don't know what organite is. Okay. It's like when people do a lot of energy work and chakra stuff and that kind of thing, or radionics they have. They make these things called 
some sort of uh, organite type thing where you, you put a whole bunch of things together. And uh, I don't know, it's crystals and different things like that that help with the energy. That's as far as I know. But when you make them, there's some things in there that could glow. And the next morning when I told them about the light and we were talking about the light, because Jim Myers of Sasquatch Outpost saw the light within the tent. And thank goodness he told me that because it triggered me to remember it, believe it or not. But she uh, she goes, oh, my gosh, that must be why my organite is glowing like it is. Cause, so all the light from that also made that glow. You know those glow-in-the-dark things we had as kids? Yeah. You know, you it have is. to have I a light on now, it. Man. I, <laughs> I love those too. <laughs> so anyway, it's crazy. And then the very next morning, the very next morning, these uh, they were the Sasquatch were just screaming. And I finally heard that scream where it sounds like uh, a woman is, you know, getting raped kind of thing uh, that everybody talks about. Well, we heard that and it was a, it sounded like it was it sounded like it was about 50 yards away. Uh, we were leaving. But I tell you, when I saw that and heard all that all within probably 12 hours, um, I, I thought, is this missing 411? You know, especially with the uh, beams of light. That was crazy. Yeah, it sounds like you've been uh, some weird stuff's been going on around you. Yeah, so that's why I'm I'm doing this new show, and it's called On the Road with Connie, and I take you to the most active hotspots uh, once a month, to you know where all my friends are, and uh, we keep them secret, but I do it virtual via live chat and live stream. So I am um, asking you guys to come at one point and be a part of the fun and take you. You guys can take me to your all places and we can do that, but you can also uh, cameo and have some fun at some of the places like what I just talked about. We can't camp out about four or five nights or whatever. That sounds amazing. Yeah, for sure. The weirder, the better, you know? I'm telling you. Can you, can you imagine that much in one night? And, we, and let me ask you guys, have you ever seen sparkles just kind of going off and on, off and on in the uh, – you know how lightning bugs will do that in the woods? Yeah, yeah, I know about lightning bugs, but, uh, you know, I I think my sparkle experiences is rather limited, though, to be fair. Oh, well, Dennis (laughs) Holt never saw him either, and he saw him. He's like, yeah, I saw him. Once he pointed out to me, I saw him. But there's these little sparkles, uh, very much like lightning bugs, except they're more uh, like LED uh, light that goes off and on. But we didn't know what that was. It was in certain areas, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what that was, but it was pretty cool. Sounds yeah. like some weird stuff's going out there in Colorado. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are invited, and that's exciting. So I wanted to, and and it's membership. So people out there in the old Cliff and Bobo world, please sign up. It's called On the Road with Connie Project, or On the Road with Connie I think that works too. And thanks you guys for let me talk about that because it's fun. It's really oh, yeah. fun. It's very interactive. Everybody gets involved, right? They tell me, Connie, move to the left. There's something over there. Go, you know. So it's very interactive. It's fun. Yeah, you got, you got the. I mean, you got the best spots to go of, of like Dogman, Bigfoot, UFO. Yeah. You know, you know all the people. I, well, you know, um, like I said, you guys, please come with me. It'll be great, and uh, please take me to your stuff too. And let's constantly help each other along the way. It's collaboration, right? It's all yeah. about collaboration. Get you all on coast again. That's always fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd be down for that. Yeah, I'd like to tell your listeners about the museum at some point in the next sure. couple months. That'd be Absol- great. Absolutely. Well, so do you know – so tell me how it might compare to Sasquatch Outpost because I know that. Do you know Sasquatch Outpost? I have not been out there yet. I've been oh, trying yeah, to get out there for a while. 
Yeah, but I don't think it was really up and running into the, the extent it is now. I think the guy's oh, turned okay. into a full-fledged museum with artifacts and statues and the whole deal, man. I just don't – I don't think it was like that when we were there. Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, but, you know, honestly, Connie, right now we're just kind of taking the first baby steps. You know, we're like the, the gift store and information um, center will open up on uh, Friday, this coming Friday. Of course, you know, our listeners, uh, by the time you guys hear this, it's already open, so come on down. Yeah, we're kind of uh, – labeling it as a sneak peek but an ongoing sneak peek because um the exhibit hall is going to take another month or so to get off the ground and get flushed out and everything but we're open man i'm there pretty i'm i don't get a day off between now and when we go to winter hours i'm there every single day or i'm on the road working you know uh, doing my appearances every single day between now and september or october so uh, people can come on by and check out what we've got going, and you know, and, and by the time September October runs around, the full exhibit hall should be up and running. It's gonna be great. And where is it? It's uh, actually between uh, Portland, Oregon, and Mount Hood uh, on oh. Highway 26, which is like the main thoroughfare to get from Portland to Mount Hood, and we're right at the Boring exit. Uh, there's a little <laughs> there's a little town out here called Boring. Um, oh, it's so, for real. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, for real. No, no, it is. Yeah. I yeah, it was boring. Okay. No, not at all, actually. It's a lovely little town. But we will be the most exciting thing and boring for, by far. So <laughs> you yeah. got to play with that in some way. You got to definitely do that. Besides you two being in wax, you should also have Bob Gimlin in wax with you guys. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, I think that Bobo, Bob, and I should just go get waxed. Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> no. We could do that for your um, your live stream. That would okay. That would do it. Don't put me over the top. I love it. Let's do it. Okay, we're doing it, everybody. We're doing it. That is yeah, so because cool. you know I, I'm, I am opening up a, a Bigfoot museum, but really I was thinking about doing one of those Hollywood wax museums until I realized that those are kind of the thing of the past. And then the, my next thought was, well, I should do a, I should do a Brazilian wax museum. <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh. But I decided to go bigfoot. Forget the yeah, wax. So- forget the wax totally, and just go for the blow-up doll of each of you. How's that? Oh, there you go. Oh, yuck! <laughs> That'd be horrible. <laughs> do not, do not. Yeah, or take a bigfoot and you just go to a, a, a beauty salon and get all their waxed hair pulled out of. And oh. make, make your bigfoot wax, bigfoot out of that hair. Gross. Uh, oh, that's uh, nasty. This is turned, I, I knew this was going to be a dark episode when I decided to do this. Oh, so, so, Connie, when you saw the Bigfoot run up the mountain, what was the lighting conditions and what was the distance? Well, the crazy thing about it was, and sorry, Cliff, you got to hear this. Okay. It's, you're, you know, I know. I'm, I know not afra- is, I'm not afraid, Connie. I'm okay. Not afraid. He's not afraid. Okay. All right. Okay. So. <laughs> You know, I was with Sasquatch Journey, and we were in we were on one side of the mountain, and we'd seen a lot of their structures, and they had seen what they believed was one peeking out at them when we were at a certain area, and so we ended up having lunch and then scaling up the other side ourselves, and it was it was the incline was crazy. I mean, I was grabbing uh, a tree to pull myself up, and the next. Tr- and that's why I knew the, all these spiky things were coming out, big ones. It's like, oh my gosh, that's got to watch it and pull myself up. It was a hot, it was a, I think I remember it being pretty hot, Not, you know, because some of that could have just been me climbing up that incline. But I remember um, thinking, I just, I'd seen a lot of structures. I've seen a lot of things that, you know, are these or are they not? And I said, I just said in my mind, I thought, you know what? When they talked to me before, I had talked to them back. So I, I said, uh, in my mind, I said, 
okay, I've seen enough structures. They're great. They're wonderful. But hey, you know my intentions. We, we're here to see you. So can you show yourself? Can you run by? Can you? Can can I see you? I think I even said full body, but I said you know check me out. I I've, I've been around. Uh, some of your other buddies have seen me. Kind of thing. You know, I kind of did that. And then we started walking, and Sasquatch Journey is Tony and uh, Ingrid Durant. And they were above me. They're a married couple. They were kind of above me. And Tony had the video camera. And if I would have had a GoPro on my chest or head, possibly I would have got, I would have if, I would have if it was on. And that is allowed. You know how some people say, no, they'd never let you get catch them, but... If I had that on, I'm pretty sure I would have got an excellent shot. But I looked, and I just saw some big, dark guy. You know, it was two arms, two legs, head, body, everything, like running up kind of toward me and then slowed down, stopped, caught itself. And then, you know, parallel coming toward me as I was going parallel to the top of the mountain. And then it turned to the right. And it was almost like it was performing for me. And it started walking up as if, here you go, watch me. <laughs> and it just started walking up. And I had said to Tony, and this is kind of strange, because I said, Tony, and I was pointing over for him to shoot over that way. I was like, you know, normally if I point to, to a direction and he's shooting and I'm not, because uh, I use an iPad Pro and I had to put it up so I could climb it. He he had, he looked at me and he goes, huh, what, huh? And normally he just points the camera right over where I point. And I said, look, look, I said, there, that's either a big guy or it's what we're here to see. And it, it was, you don't believe it when you're seeing it, right? Because it just looks like a big guy. But then when it started running up and then it took one hand and grabbed a tree and pulled itself and another one and grabbed, you know, took his other arm and grabbed a tree and went up and just pulled itself, boom, boom, and its legs were going. And then you saw a blur because it was that fast and the head never moved. And I was just in awe, just uh, kind of a shock and awe looking and going, oh, that might, I think that might be what we're here to see. You know, I'm like, and I didn't yell out like, Hey, or anything like that. I just watched this thing and it looked like it had a purpose running up. I'll, I'll never forget it now because there's, you know, when we were talking afterwards about it, they said, there, there's no man that huge that could pull itself up and go that fast. You can't even go that fast. And I thought, you know, you're right. And it, you just don't get it at first. Cause it's so human. It's so human. And it's, you can tell the precision, you could tell the coordination, and you just don't expect that, right? You, you think you might find a, a lunky old clunky old bear, or you, you think you might, you know, see something on all fours. You never think. You just don't. Even when you're out looking for it, it still amazes me, at least. Uh, and we all took off to the top, and it was hard to go up to the top. We were pulling ourselves up, and we were trying to get up there quickly to see if we could catch it. And Tony was running ahead, so far ahead that uh, his wife, she took off after him, and I was down by myself. I thought, oh, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Let me get up there with you guys. And uh, we didn't see anything after that, nothing, nothing. And if there was a guy there, we would have seen the guy. There's nowhere he would have went. We all went to the same place. So I don't know where this thing went. 
how far away do you think this thing was from you? Like when you were getting your best view, this sounds like uh, you saw it for a little while. If you, you know, took yeah, I did. So how far away? Like uh, I don't know, uh, a football field. I mean, what do you think? Oh no, no. Um, I got to think in golf terms. So golf, sure. Let me Go put it, it in yards. <laughs> yeah, yards would be great. Yeah, we'll I understand that. What stick would I use for this? Um, mm-hmm. I, that's how a, I have to do a it. A pool cue. <laughs> um, let me think. I would think. 50 yards, maybe, or less. Oh, that's close. That's really close. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Ingrid saw a part of it. Uh, Tony didn't see any of it, but, you know, we're not, we're not out there to kid each other or joke around. And we, you know, look for a man as well. It was, nobody could go that fast. You know, again, you, you have to process it and just be like, oh my gosh, I saw now I know like Superman when they say faster than a speeding bullet. Well, that's freaking Sasquatch. I couldn't believe it. It was cool. And it and the head, you could have put a book on it. It would not have moved. It's uh, amazing. So have you guys seen that? Have you seen one scaling or have you seen the full body moving like that fast? No, no, no. I saw a full body walking for about eight or 10 seconds, but it was on oh. the thermal, thermal imager. It was oh. a yeah, night about I'm guessing seventy yards or something. I don't know. Bobo Bobo saw the same one. Um I wouldn't say creepy. I was at that point I was too paranoid about like I I, I thought it was I knew it was a person or a Bigfoot, one of those two things. And I'm still not hundred percent sure which one it was, but I'm strongly inclined to think it was a Sasquatch between the way it was moving and everything like that. But um at that point I was just trying to sort out like what is it I'm actually looking at. Um and also that yeah. was on the show and it might, like, there was a camera on my face, in my face. And I didn't want to say anything too outrageous. And that was first season when I was kind of paranoid about the production company screwing us over during edit or something. So I, 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 I was, I, I was real careful about what I said out loud, but I remember the confusion, even though we were there looking for one and possibly seeing one, just like, well, what in the, you know, what in the world is that? And yeah, that's my take on it, but it wasn't moving real fast. Um, but also we were cautious because, we caught one of the producers trying to fool us just before Alaska. Oh, that's terrible. Why, yeah, what was yeah. that all about? That's that is so wrong. Well, you know what that was is that they they mistakenly hired real Bigfooters who care about the subject. You know, instead of actors like the vast yeah. majority of these other you know paranormal esque shows um, hire. You know, yeah. most of those guys are actors at the end of the day, you know, um, and they just took a gig, you know, yelling at walls because looking for ghosts or whatever they're doing. Um, right. But right. uh, they hired real Bigfooters and we wouldn't participate in their shenanigans, you know, that we wouldn't play game. Um, and I think that they were astounded that they had guys that like, wait, what do you mean? Like, you don't want to be on TV or not going to play ball with us? No, we're, gonna, we're, we're here to look for Bigfoot. You yeah. Know? And, and I think that kind of took them by surprise. And you know what? That's my past. My past is broadcasting, television and radio broadcasting. This is my passion, all these things uh, that are not supposed to be and how do they connect. And, uh, you know, I try to figure all that stuff out. And it, I've always just been led to that. So it's great to be able to put the two together. But in my journey of trying to pitch shows uh, and when I decided to pitch shows in my love, which w- would be this type of genre, uh, that's when, you know, they knew I had done this work in the past and I could do it. You know, I could be the one that could stand there and go, hey, we're, you know, here's car racing, blah, 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 blah. Here's this, blah, 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 you know, whatever the topic was. But when it came to this, they may have loved me to go, oh, great. She's a pro at it and she knows it. But 
I wasn't going to go, oh, 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 oh no, 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 no. You know, I, I was the one like you guys. No, no, no. You can't fake that. Don't fake that. What are you doing? It's already crazy enough. You don't need to add something to this. It's a mystery. You know, this is and this is how you do it or this is how you don't do it. And so they didn't like that. They didn't like that about me. So it's been very hard for me to have any of these types of shows because I'm like you guys. I'm, you know, don't fake it. Why would you do that? You know, they don't know how crazy it is and how real it is. And that's the thing. They don't think it's real. And I hate when they take the story and they take it to the left when it definitely needs to go, you know, to the right in the in the content and in the storyline. And, you know, you just know immediately when these shows are faked like that. And it just bothers me. Now, like, I like what, what is it? Uh, what, what are the guys, the mountain monster dudes? Oh, yeah. They're, they're funny, okay? We know it's a j- joke, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Although, you know what? I did a gig with those guys out in Pennsylvania not too long ago in June, oh, I think it was. still around. They, okay. They were in the, yeah, they've got a new season coming out, you know, in the next couple of months, I guess. But oh, um, good. they were in the booth next to me. And I was thinking, yeah, these guys are actors or whatever. But, you yeah. know, after, after I talked to them, I'm not so sure they're acting. They're, they're, yeah, I'm really not so sure. Right. They might actually believe all this stuff that's going on. They're really good, solid guys. And I was talking to them about Bigfoot. Hey, you know, they're all they're all in the weird stuff, portals, and all this stuff that I'm not really into. But like, I don't care. Um, but I'd never seen one of their shows. But um, but after I hung out with them, like I, I love those guys. They're, yeah, they're funny. Cool. They're hilarious. <laughs> they take time with all their fans and the children, and like they're really nice, nice, nice guys. Yeah. And so afterwards, I came home and I started. I I got to see some of this. And um, at first I was going, well, this is clearly a direct parody of our show, Finding Bigfoot. But but it's a parody. But I I was thinking about my interactions with the gentleman, and I was thinking, I'm not so sure they're acting. They might actually buy this. I don't know. Well, that's their personality, right? They are just being themselves. Yeah, they they definitely – what was it? Uh, was I think it was Larry, uh, was it? Yeah, Curb Your Enthusiasm. You ever see that on HBO? Larry. Larry, yeah, what? Yeah, Larry David. Yeah, Larry David, right? Okay. Do you know what we're talking about, Cliff? Yeah, yeah. My wife watches that show, so I, I don't watch that show because it stresses me out. Oh well, you might like <laughs> this part of it because the structure of the show. Now I don't know if they've changed it. I know it's over now, but they would go, okay, in this scene we need to go from A to a B. In the next scene we need to go from you know this to that. So they would let them ad lib and get there on their own. So that's what's really special about that show, right? You got all these ad-lib comedians, and they'd go, hey, this is how it starts. This is where we need it to go so that the next scene we can go from here to here. So they'd let them (laughs) ad-lib. And it was fun. You never knew what was going to happen. Either did they. So I wonder if, you know, the mountain guys there, the mountain monsters, right? Is it mountain monsters? Mountain monsters, yeah. Yeah. Then maybe they did the same thing because you could tell, yeah, you could tell that was totally their personalities. Uh, It was – it was fun to watch. But that one guy, the head guy, was really sick at one point. So what, I guess he was there? No, Trapper, I think, is probably here talking. He's the one guy that wasn't there. So maybe he maybe he had yeah. a, he was still mm. feeling down or something. I don't know what it was, but He's I got okay. to meet all the rest of them. They're great. Yeah, they're actors, and uh, but I think they really enjoy what they're doing because they're good old boys for sure. Hey, aren't, Bobo, aren't they going to be at CryptidCon too? Oh, yeah. They're all, I, I don't know if the one guy's going to be there, but the rest of them are going to be there for sure. Cool. Yeah. Man, I want to go. Yeah, too bad you're not Kentucky. You can be my date. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me how that works, though. Okay, because well, I know I pick up for dinner at seven. And then <laughs> <you> go... 
I like Camus Special Select 2001, and that's it. That's the only thing you can get. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a Cabernet. I hope you bring your running shoes when we're done. <laughs> um, so, okay, because I haven't done a lot of speaking things. It's fu- so funny. People always say, well, I didn't know you did them. What? Well, you know, I guess I guess people don't know that, but that is what we do. If you're if you're doing radio or you're doing TV, that's kind of your other gig is you go to appearances and you speak or you you know do what you do at CryptidCon, right? That's what you do. Uh, it's kind of part of it. So uh, hopefully I'll get some of those because I think that's just fun. I'm so used to that. I'm just used to doing that. But CryptidCon is kind of different than going to a conference, right, and speaking or emceeing or anything, right? Is that where you no, – I speak. mean, do you still do that or what? Yeah, we, we speak at it, and um, you, you have a merch booth, and then you're at the merch booth all day, and then like your hour or whatever, you go talk, you go talk. But other than that, you're just sitting at your booth taking pictures, signing stuff, selling whatever your merch is. But um, you should get in on that. You could get into the bigger paranormal conferences. Like the Bigfoot ones are – the least lucrative of all of them is those ghost and zombie ones. Like you, you, you're, you'd be big enough to get on those big ones like that where they, they pay a lot of money. Well, tell them, tell them about me. Bring it on, and I'll say, well, I got to go with my boys over here. They got to go too. Well, you know, in a couple yeah. of weeks, a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to be up in the the, the UP of uh, Michigan. Actually, I'm going to do the UP of Michigan twice in August. Um, next weekend, and then I'm back in Oregon the following, and then the following weekend, I'm at the uh, Michigan Paracon. Um, and the way in the upper tips, Sault Ste. Marie or something like that. I can't remember the yeah. little town up there. And man, that is a fun gig. And because uh, I'm not a really, I mean, I'm not a big paranormal kind of guy, you know. I mean, I kind of focus my studies on, you know, the Sasquatch thing, and from a biological perspective. Um, but, uh, but man, what a fun gig that is! Like hobnobbing with all the UFO folks and ghost people and stuff. And uh, last time I was there, uh, Bubba, you were there, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, did, did you see that that the all that stuff that happened in the parking lot when 175 people stood in a circle? Facing this one lady in the middle with their arms outstretched, like singing UFOs down from the sky. Dude, <laughs> oh, I it. oh man, that was amazing! I've never seen such a spectacle. It was awesome. Well, I mean, I don't know. You have to ask them, I suppose. I didn't see anything, but I was standing around kind of just observing the whole thing and, you know, but man, that was fun. What a, what a fun gig that is because all the, just all the weirdness in the air, it's electric. It is fun, you know, and we're all together, you know, too. So it feels good when, when that does happen that everybody of like mind is in those situations. So, so you're saying that that one is, uh, the ghost people, the UFO people, the psychics and mediums and things like that. Yeah, guess, yeah, huh? all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a bunch of uh people that claimed to be psychic mediums, but I mean, in my opinion, they I think they might have been psychic larges. Psychic <laughs> larges. <laughs> <laughs> so, so does so pretty much everybody. Now, I found out when I first met you at your house and we were doing barbecue, which uh, was was good by the way. And you and I were talking and you said you said Connie, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but I was having a ball talking with you and and you said Connie, you're not going to like me. When you get to know me, you're not going to like me. Do you remember saying that? <laughs> no, I don't doubt. I, I still hold that opinion. 
Yeah, it's kind of a self-loathing loathing thing I got going, but oh. um, I, <laughs> well, no, I, like, I, I like you right now, so don't ruin the moment. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, really, because I am so skeptical. I mean, people don't see me as such, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm this Bigfoot guy and they think that, you know, we're empty headed and all that jazz, you know, like so open minded. Our brains well, those are out, right? idiots. No, well, we're not empty headed. No, 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 right, people view me as such. But like then when they find out like what, like you, you're you don't believe this and this and this. And this, and this and and all I have to say is like I'm not convinced. It's really hard to convince me of very much because I'm so stubborn and you know I think I'm right all the time. And like you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a combination of this self-styled arrogance and just I need to be convinced by the evidence, not somebody's story, because I, I don't put a lot of faith in other people's observational skills or uh, communication skills to communicate what they observe to me. Um, I find that the vast majority of people in, in any, any sort of strange field, paranormal, Bigfoot, whatever, um, don't even understand the differences between observations and interpretations at a very basic level. Um, and so I don't, I, I, anyway, it takes a lot to convince me of anything weird. You know, which is why I really grabbed onto the Bigfoot thing because you know what? It convinced me a long time ago. But um, the other stuff, I'm wide open. I mean, I don't. I mean, a lot's happened to me since then. I, I, um, I, I saw. You know, I saw a UFO many, many, many years ago. I saw one like two weeks ago, and, and ah. um, I, I thought it was. I mean, Tom Powell was over actually. We're at. A, um, I don't live there anymore, Connie. I've moved out to the woods, so we're having oh. a fire out in the woods, and um, I. A big bright satellite was going by, I, and it was bright enough. I thought it was the International Space Station, right? Because um, it cruises by, and you know you can look online when it's going to pass over your city. And you know I've seen it a bunch of times. I'm kind of a, a amateur astronomer, so I'm a very aware of those things. And I just thought it was the International Space Station. But the weirdest thing happened. Uh, it was coming over, and as it was crossing, it was, I was crossing Cassiopeia, the, the constellation, and then suddenly it changed directions very slowly, oh. and then, then, then started heading. It was traveling from west to east, and then at some point it slowly changed directions and started traveling directly north. Wow. And it wasn't a satellite. They don't do that. The International Space Station doesn't do that. That's right. it, it wasn't a plane. It wasn't. A, and so I saw one of these just a few weeks ago. I don't know what it was. I'm not even guessing what it was. But so UFO fits the description, you know. Since that yeah. time I saw you last, I saw a full body apparition that scared the piss out of me. Ah, where was that? Where was that? In that house you came to. Oh, ah. It was gross. It did I, feel I, I a little like weird. It. I didn't it did like it a bit. Weird. You know what? Yeah. Uh, it turns out um, uh, uh, my wife, I'm, I've been married since I met you too, by the way. Oh, so, congratulations. Uh, thanks. She's she's the center point of my life, and I love her more Aww. than anything. But, uh, oh, that's so but, nice. uh, but uh, it turns out that it was the same day her grandmother died. So I think her grandma was coming by to check out, like, who's this guy that's like hanging out with my, my granddaughter? I don't know, but it was horrifying. I didn't like it a bit. But uh, do I know what that is? No. Do I yeah. care? Not really, man. I'm a Bigfoot guy. <laughs> you know, I, like I know things are real, but man, it sure takes me a lot to uh, be convinced of anybody else's perspective on any of this weird stuff. Oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, that's why I like to go out and do it myself. You know, I'll listen to people and, and I'm not denying them or anything like that. I'll put it in the back of my head. And uh, when people say, oh, you know, this kind of thing, uh, you know, maybe I'll I'll see that kind of thing. But uh, I try to keep it in the back of my head and listen to everybody and be prepared along the way. And uh, But I have to go out 
and see it for myself as well. It's not that I don't believe them at all, but uh, I also like to look up. Most people don't even look up in the sky. They want to they want to see these things, but they don't look up and they don't go out in the woods. It's you know they're on their phone the whole time. Uh, you know, go out. <laughs> they're there. You got to go out there and see it. But I, again, I like to pull all the pieces That's of the puzzle. True, Connie. Connie, what, you could you could stay at home and sign up for your service and go along. That's right. You can go on the road with Connie. <laughs> Check out my project. That's right. And you can see it in the in the comfort of your own home and your little jammies while I'm going, ah, scared out of my mind. So uh but but I like to pull together, you know, you think about it with ghosts, uh, in the ghost world. And some people that's all they do is stay in the ghost world. And that's one of the reasons I don't like the word paranormal because usually it's just ghosts mediums, uh, clairvoyance, that kind of thing, psychics, all that kind of stuff. To, and and that's great. There's nothing wrong with it. But when they put, to me, UFO and Bigfoot into that, it's like, no, 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 It's that's uh, outside of that. But when you talk to those people, they they talk about, they actually do talk about little orbs and little sparks of light. And uh, then you also hear that in the Bigfoot world. You also hear that in the UFO world. All the little worlds got these little sparkles and, and these little orbs. And uh, I find that pretty interesting that it's in all of them across the board. And all these things, they're there, then they're gone, you know. So so I don't know if interdimensions or anything to do with that or not. I don't even know what an interdimension would really totally be. But And maybe you can explain oh, that. But No, thank you so much for saying that, by the way, because I hear people um, tossing around the interdimensional words a lot with Bigfoot or, or any number of strange phenomenon. But uh, as far as I can tell, none of them really understand what that even means because yeah. I sure as hell don't, you know. Yeah. And uh, like, but and so it's easy to you know say some fancy words and ascribe something to that, no. <laughs> you know. But really, I mean, thank you for for saying that. Like, you know, that you really don't even understand what that means because I don't yeah. think really anybody does. And if the only people who do on any level are these people who crunch numbers because it's all mathematical. And what does that mean for reality, though? Because you can you could describe you know the color red with mathematics as well, but it doesn't describe the color red very well to a child. It's true, you know. Yeah, it's so uh, so it just kind of turns my stomach when people say, uh, "Well, that's a little strong." I will say, I just roll my eyes, or that's like <laughs> less. I roll my eyes at people who say that these interdimensional whatevers. Um, who knows? Who, what the hell does that even mean? Explain yeah. that to me, then maybe I can agree with you. But I, again, it's just it's easy to explain one unknown with another, but it doesn't get you very far. Well, you were saying too that it's hard to, um, you know, some people cannot communicate it. I know myself that I've seen some of, you know, the things that I've seen, it's, you can't put it into words sometimes. It's just outside of our words. There are many, many things in this universe that, that cannot be effectively Englished or Spanished or anything. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things. Yeah. Well, sure. Sure. Yeah. And it's just English doesn't apply well. Well, I mean, well, no, no language would really apply well, I think. Um, I'm just biased because I happen to speak English better than anything else. I I noticed when talking to witnesses, too, is that, and I'm the same way, we can't, like, uh, Cliff has a musical background. I've noticed a lot of people have a lot, you know, they they can kind of explain what they saw, but the vocalizations they heard, they'll be like, it was loud, it was deep. You know, it's like they can't, they can't put it into the proper terminology what what they heard yeah so different you know it's just 
And that, that's what that's the thing, you know, because like I mentioned earlier, sometimes I, I'm disappointed that people don't understand the difference between um, observations and interpretations. You know, and I, I get it all the time and that's OK. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, practice and being aware of such things. Um, and what's people, the difference? What's well, the difference? For, for example, I, the, I, I've um, spoken to some people who say uh, we were there at camp and um, we, I started hearing uh, I started hearing the juvenile sneaking down the hill, and then his yeah. mother was up on top knocking back to it, trying to get it back up there. The juvenile came down. It, I, it was curious about our tent pole, so it started shaking the tent, um, that, and, and then I, I heard it run away because it was scared. When, wow, fact, how do they know all that? Wow. Well, that's just exactly. it. That's just it. Yeah, but, but what – that's an interpretation of some sounds that this person heard. In reality, they, they heard something on the hill – um, it was quiet. Yeah, there's something on the hill. It comes down. It, it the tent shook. Uh, they heard something else on the hill, and they thought they heard something move away from the tent. Those yeah. are observations. All that other stuff heaped on top is a, is an interpretation. Yeah. And w- as soon as people start laying down, it was a male. It was a female. It was this. It was like these. And look, did you see its junk? Other than that, you don't know. And, <laughs> was and it other, around when it was scaling up the mountain? Exactly. I didn't see that, by the way. Well, you, you, you kept saying you saw full body. I was wondering if it was full frontal. Yeah, but, I, uh, never, I never saw anything <laughs> else hanging or dangling or anything, you know. So. Right. But, you know, so that's an example of observation versus interpretation. And then when you yeah. add on top of that the, the, the many different layers of filters that are in between that observation and what you get to learn about it, because those filters are not limited to but subject to how good of an observer the witness is, how good uh, – uh, how well they uh, have a command – how good of a command of the English language they have or any language that they have so to convey their experience to you, and then the filters go on you. How good are you at interpreting what they saw and then forming your own ideas about it. And those are just three or four basic filters that are between you and that experience. And there are probably dozens of others like cultural filters. And there's other filters as well about um, that skew the perception of that, that person and you and, and your interpretation of the events as well. So uh, eyewitness observations are shaky at best. Um, and that, that doesn't mean they're lying or anything like that, but man, they, you can't put a whole lot of weight onto them. Fortunately, yeah, I just and, went through that last week. I went up; these guys had me rush up there, you know, to tell me, "Oh, you got to get up here; they're here right now." And then I was—it was exactly like I said. He was re- hearing it retreat up the wood, up the hill, and I was looking at a fisher cat. At one point, I saw two rats jumping around. I don't know what they were doing, like <laughs> fighting or playing. But he was—he and you know, was making rustling sounds, and he could definitely hear the big male retreating up the hill. And then uh-huh. later on, um, I was looking at a fisher cat chasing a rat going, you know, kind of fast. He goes, Oh, that's the, uh, that's the other one coming down now from the other side. That one hangs out there. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, you know, if it's I wasn't tough. there, I would have just probably, you know, listen to a story and go, well, that was pretty good. You know, you had all this stuff going on, but it was all just his interpretation of these noises. And I don't think he was correct. Well, that's where, um, I, uh, Dennis fall was telling me some stories. Uh, what just this, just this past weekend, Right. They had an expedition. So that's moneymakers thing. Right. Yeah. So um, he had said that, you know, we were all talking about around the campfire last time we were up together up there. And he was talking with some other guy that went to one of those expeditions and said that um, 
the couple, I guess, the couple that went there, they had to leave because <laughs> they kept hearing all this stuff and they were on the walkie and they were like, it's right next to us, right next to it. And I don't want to, just in case that person ever hears, is not making fun of you at all. This happens all the time. It, it happens with people all the time, especially when you're going for the first time and you hear all these things and you've always wanted to and people are still, you know, you're actually there in the middle of the freaking Rockies or wherever you are. You know, it's scary. It's scary. Uh, it, it creeps me out. But, um, Apparently, you know, he was on the walkie. Yeah, that's right. You're right next to us, right next to us, right next to the tent. You know, come help us. Come, come help us. And it was a squirrel that, yeah. you know, they had found the squirrel. And, you know, they had left because they were freaked out enough. And just hearing the stories alone and being in the, you know, being in the Rockies, in the wilderness right there, uh, it is freaky. And you, your mind does play tricks on you like that. Uh, that's kind of why, by the way, I like to go in the day. I mean, it's great at night too. Don't get me wrong. Um, and they come up to you and all, all that. Kind of, but they, you know, in the day too, that's when you can actually see one in the daylight. <laughs> so sure. I like that, and not with thermal or anything, you know, and and not imagining uh, it's something bigger than it is. Because let me tell you, when that scaling freaking full size body went up the mountain. There was a little like a twig sound. Now, I've heard one before out in Alabama where I knew what, you know, some big heavy bipedal was just walking, you know, slowly in the woods like it was whistling, you know, dun, 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 dun. And then when it heard us, it stopped. But you heard snap, crack, pop when it when it stepped on logs, right? This thing was running up. And as it was running, I heard maybe a twig at one point pop. But that's it. So, you know, even big full size like that, there weren't there wasn't a lot of noise. The big ones sound small a lot of times and raccoons sound like giant bears or big <laughs> Yeah, and I think they have a, a certain element in, in most circumstances they have an element of control over how much sound they're making because sometimes they want to scare you real bad and they make a ton of sound. Sometimes they don't want you to you know to know that they're there at all and they don't make anything. So it's amazing. They're just amazing creatures. You were talking about um, interpretation. Okay, so I am a advanced remote viewer, which doesn't mean much. I don't practice, but I did get the certificate. But that is the psychic spies. Are you familiar with the military yeah. remote viewers, right? Okay, and Cliff, you are? Yeah, I've heard about such things, right. Okay, well, you'll love this because um, the difference between – the psychic spy, the military remote viewer, and a psychic is that they have a lot of interpretation, whereas a, um, a remote viewer, you write down only what you get, only your perceptions, and then you just write at the end a summary that says uh, it was hot in a hot, rocky area where there was really bumpy looking like roads, whatever. It's it's more of, uh, it's just facts. It's more nouns. And you kind of put that together. Where a psychic will pull it, you know, connect the dots. And you don't know what that interpretation that she's got coming your way that you're going to believe in and follow your life, uh, you know, into the future with what they just gave you. So that's a big interpretation kind of thing that, you know, can change people's lives for good and for better or worse, actually. Well, yeah, I think psychics in general are vague enough, kind of like like uh, like horoscopes, for example. They're vague enough that it's up to the person to find individual meaning within it. 
Um, and some people gravitate towards people who kind of give you symbolic things or, or horoscopes that do the same thing or, you know, tea leaves, you know, tossing those things around and, or tarot cards or any number of things. But at, at least at least that people are interpreting things for their own meaning um, yeah. as opposed to telling other people what actually happened, you know. Right. And remote viewing is different also because you can verify it. Like I, when we were down in the – I think I told you, I might have told you about this when I was on the show with you on Coast to Coast, Connie, but when we were, I was in Australia, I got there, we went down there to go film, and I got there uh, a couple, like a week and a half before the rest of the crew, and I was thinking about these aboriginals and this guy, there's a thousand eighty aboriginal tribes throughout all of Australia, and they break them up into 10 regions, so there's like 108 tribes per region, so there's like 10 zones of 100 tribes each, basically. And they all have a clever fellow, and a clever fellow is like a medicine man. And so the, uh, there's a count. So those hundred tribes elect all the clever fellows elect one clever fellow to represent their area. The council, the national council of ten. So those, so they're like the bishops, I guess, or the cardinals, and they get together. And then so then there's ten guys that represent the whole continent. Then out of those ten, there's one leader, like the pope or Dalai Lama, or whatever. And this guy I was hanging out with was in training to replace that guy. He'd been training for 20 years because, you know, he got picked out as a teenager because he had the it factor, whatever. He was strong with the force, whatever you want to say. <laughs> Aboriginals would call him from all over the country saying, wow. hey, I'm going to go on a walkabout. And I'm thinking of walking to such and such springs out in the outback somewhere. And, you know, if they get there, there's no water. They're dead. So they'd call him and he'd remote view and tell them. Oh, if there was water there. And I saw that guy do that at least three or four times. I also saw a bird flew in the window one day. They lived on the, they lived on the beach. They were saltwater aboriginals. They were ocean aboriginals, not like the interior ones. But um, anyways, this little bird landed on the windowsill, chirped at him. And he goes, all right. And no one said anything. He just goes, it's time. And everyone, Ooh. everyone went out and they grabbed this big net. And here comes this whole pot of dolphins herding this giant school of fish, they waded out into the surf line with the net, and the dolphins scooped in, like, blocked them in, and, like, barricaded them into the net, and then they, the dolphins swam through and ate for a bit. Then we closed up the net and pulled it back out, and that's how, and they worked, uh, you know, symbiotically like that. But the bird told them that this guy was, like, totally in touch with nature, like, and remote viewing, and he was, you know, he was, like, just a real-life Jedi, Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I have full confidence that there are people capable of uh, doing the remote viewing. The psychics are not so so you know too hot on them, but the remote viewing I think is you know it's it's provable. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and you can do it. Anybody can do it. Uh, you can do it within the first five minutes. Joe McMonagall, the the uh, one that's zero uh, zero one. You all get it. Everybody gets a number, and his happened to be zero zero one. Even though uh, they all, all of them that were in the actual military, will agree that he is the best of the best of them. Uh, however, all of them will say now people nowadays are way advanced more than any of those guys. But I was taught under Lim Buchanan and also Lori Williams, who she had learned from uh, uh, Lynn and. If within five minutes you can do it, and you'll be amazed. And really, from there, they just teach you different tools and different things to do, and what to expect. And when you, you know, when something happens that you do 
that they say may happen, uh, you'll know how to react from there and know how to go from there. And it's really a martial art. And the more you practice, the more you practice, the more you practice, the better you get. And you're, you're just amazed at what they can do. And at one point, you can actually bilocate to the location where you feel it and you and and you can jump on the back of a car and you can ride down the street and you can read the street signs. And if you remember them, you can write that down. You go back to that place and you'll see the same thing. I It was amazing one of the times, and it was cool because they were actually videotaping this class with Lynn and he had asked to monitor me. So he was, he gave me a target and the cameras were on. So I was like, ah, oh, shoot, you know, ah, yeah, this is the time I'm going to totally fail. Right. You know, it's like, no, don't do this. But they did. And the target, I was given the target and Lynn was monitoring me. And let me tell you, that's an honor because these are the guys, these are the psychic spies. These, these are the, the, the guys that broke it all. And so they're filming this and here's a target. And basically, you know, there's like a picture and a piece of paper or something like that. And it's pulled out of a hundred envelopes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, everybody's blind to it. And I think he was even blind to this. I think it was a double blind, but he starts asking me questions before I even started the work. It's all on paper. Okay. It's all, you write it on paper. And, and if you, you're lucky enough to get a monitor and, and I did with Lynn, um, then that's even cooler because they can kind of keep you going where you don't get too tired. But uh, he, he uh, was telling me, you know, get going, start, you know, start writing on the paper. And, and I looked at him and I stopped and I went, I went down for uh, my bag on the floor and he was like, what are you doing? And I said, you know, and I hesitated. And I said, uh, you know, I said, I'm sorry, I have to do this. He goes, what are you doing? Because I'm thinking, oh, no, the cameras are on. He's mad at me. And why am I reaching for my bag? I got to reach for my bag. And I said, I, I just I need some chapstick. I'm sorry. My lips are burning. I, I am so sorry. Edit this, whatever. And uh, he looked at me. And I just looked at him like, oh, I'm so sorry, Lynn, I'm screwing up your show. <laughs> and I just put that 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 chapstick on and I put the bag down. He goes, are you ready now? I'm like, oh, it still burns, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling all that comfortable. So we started doing the session and bottom line, it was, uh, I was right there in the midst of Chernobyl. Whoa. That was freaking burning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something. And he was watching me. He was like, what are you doing? He knew. So I don't know that it was a double blind or if he also saw it because these guys are so good. They don't need to write it down anymore. They see things instantly too. Hmm. It was unreal. Can you get hurt remote being like, if you know what I mean? Like you said, you're supposed to jump on the back of a car. I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, as students, you ask as many questions as you can when you're with these guys and and um, any of the teachers, male or female. But I know at one point a bunch of us were, were thinking that they were able to go to an area, any location, and grab what they wanted and bring it back, whether it was a different time uh, or, or, you know, anything. Uh, no one ever said yes to that, but – the same group of people that where we wondered about it, we were doing the lottery. We we're trying to guess the lottery. And we, this particular group, I was actually writing something over in the hotel room. They were over there trying to pull the balls of the lottery balls. So they were actually trying to pull the balls and then look at the number. That was their technique on this. But they had actually said at one point, and all of them saw it, they all freaked out. I remember when they freaked out, but they said uh, they had seen the weight 
of a ball, uh, which I guess wasn't a ping pong type ball, but they had saw the weight on the person's hand, on the palm of the hand. They saw it go down and they all freaked out at the same time because they all saw it. They were like, ah! And so that's the same group of people that we all started wondering, okay, we think that they can go into present, past, future, wherever, grab something and bring it back with them. But when you ask them, they will also tell you, these psychic spies, at least the ones I've been with, they said, look, we can only tell you so much. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it I is kind of well, I talked to a guy that went through that, you know, was involved in that kind of stuff in the psyops, whatever, you know, the secret stuff. And he told me that there was only two guys that they had that were really, really could just nail it every time. That kind of stuff. Was it the psychic spies or regular people? Uh, psychic spies. So was Joe McMonagle was one of them, I'm sure. Well, I don't know the names. He oh, was, okay. There was, he said there was two of them that they could count on, like, consistently, like, all the time. Wow. It's it's amazing. The very first time I saw Lynn do it, um, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like me, you know, they might, you know, as you're first learning, you know, it's a church. It's an old schoolhouse. You know, I was in Finland back in the 30s or something at one point. I was – I could tell you in the picture where I stood. I mean, it's amazing. It'll freak you out. It'll – change your life because by the way we can all do it but when i saw lynn doing it he he was just on the board doing these things uh so he could show us it and of course he always has this fear of failure so he's always nervous he calls it a dog and pony trick he hates to do it however when you know he drew all this stuff and then we saw the target afterwards which was a picture somebody just ripped out of a magazine kind of thing uh but it was it was a bunch of nuns ice skating on an outdoor ice skating rink and he had basically drawn that and he drew you know he had uh, where the ice blades were on the ice uh, and the curvature of you know you know how they ice skated he talked about how there was religion behind it there was a strong belief with these women you know and there were women i and all that without even seeing this picture and he had their thoughts what they were thinking about tomorrow what they you know he could have went back and thought what they were thinking about five days ago whatever it's amazing it's amazing and let me tell you i mean boba i think you know you know enough about it uh cliff i don't know how much you know about it but i know as skeptical as you are you guys end up uh from according to lynn you know uh, a lot of times it's hard to teach people like you is what he said however once you let go and let it happen he said you're totally amazed uh but usually the uh, psychics by people uh remote viewers are usually a little little a uh, little bit more educated is what they say that pick up on that and stick with it because it is a martial art of the mind and it's very specific and uh, there is no pollution in between they do everything to get rid of that and make it uh impartial right so and you know what that is don't you do you know what the psychic you know what it is it's it's your it's your conscious and your subconscious do not talk to each other and basically they teach you how to get them to communicate together that's all that is that's all it is huh that's it so you can do no outside force no outside force, man. It's just the force is within you, baby. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, I, I have a question for you, Connie, and it's not about remote viewing, so I'm going to change paragraphs here. Um, being on Coast to Coast, you've spoken to a lot of people about a lot of weird stuff over the years. You know, you're into <laughs> a lot of weird stuff, and, you know, so am I. I, I, I love weird stuff in general. That's why Bobo's one of my best friends. Like, I just love the whole thing, right? Um, but I, But so many bizarre things cross your desk. I have a question. Are there things out there in this weird universe that you find yourself in that, number one, you're not sold on? Like you're going, "Eh, I don't know about that one. And number two, that you think is complete complete nonsense. Um, Well, you know, when I very – like I grew up in a haunted house, so that's how it all started. Sure. Okay, so – and that opens you up. You know something's there. You can't see it. You know, you know, how do I get away from it? You know, so you sense things too because you want to get away, or at least me as a kid. So, you know, that opens you up to all the other things. And along the way, I had heard about the hybridization project with uh, the abductees. And I don't know if you guys know that, but it's really crazy. It's like, oh, these, these, the aliens, they take you and then they take your sperm and your eggs and then they make hybrids and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Now, I didn't believe that. I do now. Okay. Since I got into it and started studying it and learning stuff. And you got to, you got to get into it. If you don't get into it, it's going to be crazy. But if you start the, I didn't try to go into that. It just led me into that. And I remember hearing it before thinking it was crazy. And then all of a sudden I started seeing what I thought was, oh my gosh, this is, this is real. Here's some evidence of it. Here's this and this. So, uh, so I try to listen to people and just put it in the back of my head and see what happens. Right. However, there are, (laughs) there are some things that I just, uh, I don't know. I'm, it's so far beyond my thoughts. Not that it's not real. I just don't even, I don't know that I'll ever be led down that path to even be a part of it. So I do you have, do you have an example know. you can share with us? Like, do yeah. you have, I mean, without I can't a, even I don't put want it you, into words, you know, well, I don't want you to put anybody like anybody you've interviewed on the yeah, spot. Either, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So I don't want you to endang- like, you know, cross a political line with the <laughs> community. But like, is, is there a general type of thing that you go? I don't know about that one. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't know about that one. Yeah. And, and that's where I can't even put words to it because I'm not sure what it is, but it's it's kind of and these people have giant followings it's something with the aliens where they are communicating all the time it's all about love it's all wonderful and i'm not saying it's not i don't know that i haven't experienced that um i'm more on the david jacobs side uh and his work but the people that are it just they they channel these uh, alien i'm not saying they don't I don't know if it's an alien. I don't know if it's maybe an Aunt Bessie or I don't know, but they know, and they do surgeries through all that, and I'm not saying it's not the case. I just – I can't even go there to really interview them because it's so far out to me, and I know that uh, Boulder, Colorado is – it's got a ton of people like that there. That's kind of like one of their areas, and and I know Gaia TV is – you know they're very much into those, and I just don't know enough about it with the gurus and the – the meditation and all that. I haven't really gone there because, you know, I want to go out and see the Bigfoot. I want to go out and see uh, the the Dogman. The, I want to I want to find little people and micro people. You know. Oh God, I don't want to do half those things. I don't want to see a Dogman or a little Wait. people. They scare the hell out of me. The, the other stuff is freaky to me. It's like ah, I just don't know enough about it. Tell me about Dogman. <laughs> I tell you, you know what? 
there's some people say if you ever see one, oh, listen, listen to Penny. <laughs> she heard that. A <laughs> uh, little Yorkie, little cutie pie. She, uh, uh, some people say that if you ever see a dog man, it's the last thing you'll ever see. No. That's what some people say because they say they'll scarf you up. Now, yeah, they're, they're I, incorrect because I've spoken to two witnesses. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, other people say they're all love and the highest of the highest and they're, they're the uh, – what is it? The uh, From the Egyptian dog? What is it? Anna? Oh. A new Baru. What is God, the dog? I can't remember. But I've been studying the dog man a lot the last several years. and Yeah? And Tell hear, me. Well, I, I was you know a lot. Um, I just listen to podcasts and read people's stuff and – I've, I've talked to some people. I've talked to a few eyewitnesses, and um, yeah, it seems like there's a couple different things going on. And I know that within you can the main cluster of big of dogman sightings are within a 15 mile radius of large Indian graveyards. Huh. So well, I, I think a lot of I think it's partly that, and I think it's also shapeshifters like uh you know skinwalkers. I think that's they got, I think they're I think I don't think they're like a viable. You know, twenty four seven, three sixty five in these three in this three dimensional world, um, they seem to be paranormal to me. But then I listened to this God. I wish I could remember his name. I heard him on. He's been on Vic Cundis show. You know, like the Dog Man. Yeah, yeah. I witnessed. Uh, anyways, he had, and the guy um, went throughout history and showed. You know, just gave all these examples of people reporting dogma through history. There's more of it than really than Bigfoot stuff. You know, it seems like, like, like in the old ancient texts and this and that. And then the, uh, and the, the setting reports and the, the oral traditions of the tribes in the Southwest, apparently they started up there, like where those Ohio mounds are up in Southern uh, Canada and Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, in that zone. And they moved down and as those tribes migrated, those those tribes eventually migrated down and became the Aztecs and the Mayans. And as they came down, these things came with them. Apparently, that's what some of the tribes that were there before them said that the dogma didn't show up until that those tribes came down through there and brought them with them. Well, do you know them to be nice or kind or mean or? I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've read a lot of reports and. It seems like they mostly give you a real menacing look, and uh, for the most part, leave you alone. It's just like Bigfoot, you know. But they get there's a lot of hype. Oh, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. I think, I think they're even. Gonna, I think they're better than. I think they're even more intimidating than Bigfoot. I think they're better at making you think they're going to kill you than a Bigfoot's even good at that. But um, I guarantee was, they are, dude. I'm scared of them now. I'm at. I mean, I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a trip. I mean, and, and but I mean, I, I listened to one guy I found real credible that the thing grabbed his arm and yanked him and cut his arm. Um, and, and then I saw pictures one time. This guy showed me pictures of his of a car. I, we were somewhere in. Oh yeah, in I've Tuck- seen that. And it had I can't remember if it was I think it was three. There were, three were through the metal. The metal of the. Yes. And then there was a fourth one that was like a deep scratch through the paint into the metal. Crazy! Ouch! Down the side of the car, I was like, I mean, I know you could you could easily fake that, but this guy, I mean, he was he seemed to be he seemed truthful to me. I mean, I don't know who's going to wreck their car to house, you know, to tell strangers some crazy story. (laughs) There are some that might do that. Well, true. And I have heard that they're the higher than. 
the love of the Sasquatch and then the hire of the ancients are the dogman. Uh, however, uh, you know, I have heard too that this this one girl that I know she was always big into the paranormal constantly, and she's like, I would just sleep out on the floor of the woods with squatches all over the place and not have a problem. I wouldn't have a blanket or pillow. I wouldn't even care. She said, I'd feel fine. But she said, now that I know about Dogman and what I've learned, she says, even living in the suburbs or the city, she shuts her door and locks it um, ever since uh, as soon as the sun starts going down. She said, they're all in the cities and in the suburbs as well as out in the woods. And she said, they're ferocious. Well, I, talk, I, I didn't talk to her. I listened to one guy talk on uh, Vic's show he was a researcher from like the dry part of like West, more Western Texas. And he was telling the story about uh, this guy he knew as a young kid at 12 years old. He was with his uh, 18 year old sister and his, her boyfriend about the same age. And they drove to this abandoned church. It, it hadn't been abandoned that long. They didn't know why it got abandoned. It was just, and it was, everything was still in there. Like everything was still there. And while they were in there, they just poked around in the broad daylight the kid heard something outside, looked out the window, and saw three dogmen crawl out of an old well, like those old wells that I like, you know, this, like a wishing well. Oh, and wow. Crawl out of that in the daylight. Yeah, oh. Horrifying. Yeah, they Screw threw some that. pennies down. They, they threw some bad fake pennies or something down there and, and, yeah. and made a wish. <laughs> Little slugs. <laughs> Yeah, subterranean dog men, just screw that. Yeah, uh, F that noise, man. I hate that stuff. Yeah. Hey, so so do you think there's any connection between dogmen in North America and like the old lycanthrope sort of uh, stories? I'm, I'm presumably from Europe, I guess, you know, werewolves and that sort yeah. of thing. Uh, yeah. I was talking to somebody out there. Um, Paul, Paul, Paul. What's Paul's last name? Oh, I feel bad. I love him. Oh, he's a good guy to, for you guys to interview too. Anyway, he's out there and uh, every morning he sits out in this area where he believes he's on a ley line type thing and he's sitting on an, an area where it's a cliff out there. But so there's water uh, in front of him. And then there's uh, like mountainous and flat land and everything like that. I, so Forgive me not knowing all the terrain. I just know he goes out very early in the morning and he just watches and learns. And he's like in the uh, kind of the Bermuda Triangle of that area. And he and I, I, I put him on coast and we were talking about that. We were talking about the werewolves. And, well, of course, that's the dog man, you know, and and that made total sense. Right. Here was the here were the old stories or myths, you know, that everybody said was a myth. Maybe it's not a myth and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's not a man that turns into a wolf or maybe it's just a wolf. And I don't know. But it, it talking to him, that's when I went, oh, yeah, well, that makes total sense as a dog man, as a werewolf. No, uh, as you're saying that, like, I got to wonder, where do we draw the line, though? Like, because people attribute Sasquatches as being shapeshifters, right? Mm -hmm. And, okay, and basically lycanthrope is a, you know, some werewolf thing is a shapeshifter as well. Yeah. Yeah. And these uh, skinwalkers are also shapeshifters. Um, would some people, and I know there are some people out there, I think Tom Powell might fall into this uh, category, who are going after the grand unification theory of paranormal. Well, everything's the same thing coming at you in different ways. Is that where... Mm -hmm. uh, there's a group of people thinking that I don't think that obviously I think Sasquatches are a biological thing, but like I can see how that might be a train of thought in the weird world, you know, in which we all live, of course, that maybe it's all one thing coming at you in various flavors and various ways. 
Yeah, I, you know, I don't know about, I don't even know about shapeshifters. You hear about it all the time, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, yeah. there's so much I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so well, that's what she said. Uh, no. <laughs> we, we thought you were going to clear this all up for us. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it just keeps you uh, wanting to hear more, right? If I if I do that, right? I know the secret. <laughs> I'm just not telling you. No, I, you know, I just don't know about that. Uh, but again, the Native Americans always talk about that, and you know, that's all easy for them to talk about. It's something normal for them to talk about those types of things. But I just don't know. That's why. I mean, I'm even amazed at what I saw, this huge head with the, the hair tuffled and or tussled and and then uh, the ears. And I had told the guy that had the relationship in that situation there, Jason Frank, he's got a book coming out. So he's just one of the best people in the world. Y'all would love him. He, you know, he's 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 brings out a full freaking kitchen up the mountain and he's cooking all this stuff. Oh, yeah. He's cooking all day long. Right. And and he's uh, bringing them in, you know, and. And when I said what I saw, he said, well, you saw Elvis. And, and he talked about Elvis, and he said that he had seen Elvis since he was like three foot tall. And he remembered he always had a big head, and the silhouette that he saw him, because of that, he called him Elvis. And then he saw he said he saw him two years prior to when I had just seen him, and he said it, uh, Elvis was seven foot tall at that point. And so that was two years ago. And uh, I just know I remember it was this this huge head. And when I was talking to Dennis Foal, he had said, Connie, you know, how do you know as a dog man? I said, well, I just know it because I'd said to Jason, I said, Jason, I don't think that's a Sasquatch. I think that's a dog man just because of the pointy ears. And I didn't see the rest of the body or anything. I don't know if that would have mattered. I just saw the forehead and up. And, uh, you know, when I was talking to Dennis, he said, you don't know that. He said there's so many different looking Sasquatch out there. So, I mean, what have you guys experienced with that? Have you seen ears on the side and at the top and pointed uh, and different size ones? And, you know, if you guys saw some of that uh, footage from the Erickson Project, which I'm sure you did, there's a couple of them to me that look like some freaking mascot from some football, you know, local football team. And I call them like the Sasquatch Teletubby because it just doesn't look right. <laughs> oh, female. Yeah, well, we assume the females look like that. The females have like a apple shape and the males are like an inverted, like a V shape. Oh, okay. Well, this like like uh, was like this pumpkin head looking thing. Look like it just didn't look right. You can see it well, on no, the that, that makes sense. In some areas, I think actually in Kentucky, like, you know how the word Sasquatch was coined in the 1920s and, you know, the Bigfoot was coined in 1958. Uh, But before that, these things were still around, you know, and they had to call them something. And my understanding is that in some parts of Kentucky, uh, one individual at least was called Pumpkinhead because it had such a weird um, oversized head compared to what people thought it should look like. Yeah, it was funky. I mean, they got two shots of one like that. Um, And I just... I don't know. I mean, if it wasn't Dennis, a part of it, who I trust a lot, I would be like, come on. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I completely trust Dennis and his, his his observational skills and his level-headedness. I completely trust Dennis. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he's never, ever steered me wrong. So um, whatever Dennis tells me, um, you know, I'll take it to the bank. Anybody can be wrong, but I know he's not lying or exaggerating or anything like that. Right. You know? Yeah, he was uh, when I when I first saw the uh, sparkles happening again because we went up to that same area a second time, and uh, he was 
we're sitting in the vehicle at that point because, you know, everybody wants to be in a tent. I'm like, yeah, I know you get sounds from the tent, but why don't you do the 360, you know, window all across the, 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 the way and really be like a drive-in theater. That's what it was for me. But but I, I pointed over to where the sparkles were. I said, look, there, there's the sparkles. They're happening again. And he looked out the window. He's like, I don't see anything. I'm like, no, 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 they're all over there. Look, look, look. They're like fireflies, but they're not so that, that like glow, dull glow. They're like little LED and watch. They're, they're, they're not just single file. They're like all within each other and high oh, and low. What? what? Like, what? like, like that. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, how, how long are they on? Are they on for like, because I mean, a firefly stay on for two, three seconds. So it, it on for- yeah. No, it was kind of just like on, off. On, off, but all of them were going at different times, and some were a little deeper in the woods, and some were not. And and uh, you know, it's almost like this electrical thing is happening, but or static electricity or something like that, kind of like the plankton. Yeah, where that's so cool that glow, but it's it's not as much as a glow, but more of a like little LED, like you know, that little more of a. It's stationary, or were they moving no. when they? When well, they were, they were they were blinking, and so uh, you couldn't really follow one. You would just see them blink off and on, but but you didn't know they were moving. They it wasn't like the same blink in the same spot, and he still didn't see them. And I was like, no, they're right. You know, look, look, you know, keep looking. And he thought I was just nuts, and I was like, I don't know how you can't see those. And, and then I remember somebody telling me about the glow of Sasquatch eyes. They were like, okay, when you see eye shine, you know, I kept looking for a certain type of look and and finally someone had told me they said this and and i know it's it's different ways you can see it but he had said okay you know when like a red light will uh kind of reflect off of uh, of a book or something you know i was like yeah yeah he's like it's like that it's kind of more of a glow look for that it's you know kind of like that and then after that you know i think i had seen one like shortly after that and is similar to that. And I thought, oh, that must be it, you know, because I was never really looking for that. And I would have blown that off as a reflector. Just like when I lived in Florida, I thought there was a ton of reflectors that they just threw all over the freaking St. John's River. No, it was just that many gator out there. It was like, oh, my gosh, stay in the boat, stay in the boat, keep your hands in the boat, keep your feet in the boat. Uh, but um, – he, I kept trying to get him to look at these sparkles. I was like, How, Dennis, come on. You know, they're right there. And other people saw him too. And he's like, Connie, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know about this. And I said, no. And he said, you really, other people saw these? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's looking out, okay, the side part of the window of the truck, which has a tinting on it. So he moves his head into the front of the window where there is no tinting and he saw it. He saw them. Mm. So you got to keep that nope. in mind too, right? You know, you got to keep that oh, in mind. Of course, of course. Of course, yeah. And did he have an explanation for it? Or did he no. just kind of go, I don't know what that is? No, he was, uh, in fact, he was amazed. He said that was the first time he ever saw it. And uh, he said uh, that he thought it maybe it was a static electricity kind of thing too and and i don't know i've never seen a portal or not i know you're not into that i think that there you know i've heard a lot of stories so i want to see a portal i don't think that there can't be one uh so he was kind of even looking at that way maybe it's a static electricity uh, something's happening maybe a portal type thing is opening you know whatever we were just kind of throwing it up in the air because that was also where it was the same area just uh, just left of the spruce trees where the uh, lights beams of light came out from whatever was behind those 
those trees and those branches. I don't, you know, I, I know what I believe it would be. I would say a little saucer, but I didn't see it, you know, so it's kind of hard for me to say that, but I, that's what I would assume it would be. But there so were Connie, lights. Connie, if, if you saw a portal, would you go through it? I would throw something in it and see uh-huh. what happened. And I might like put somebody else over there and tie him up and let him go. <laughs> go to the light. Go to the light. <laughs> have, you ever, have you talked to anyone that went through a portal that actually had a witness saw them go in it? Like, have you, ever, have you ever talked to people that said they went into one, but no one saw it? I've heard people talk about portals like Dr. J. And um, up there in Ural's neck of the woods, uh, and I've heard about – I've heard people talk about portals like around Mammoth Cave and apparently huge, huge portals where they say it's the size of this gigantic you know, wall. And they saw, I think, a cyclops come out of it, uh, one of the uh, older uh, – what are the elephants – Oh, yeah, woolly mammoth come out and all these other things that, you know, are not supposed to be, but they're all coming out of this portal kind of thing. And then they'd walk into something else. And so apparently there's like a huge one at Mammoth Cave. So I've heard about them, but I've never seen one myself. And I really want to go to that area, especially on a on the road with Connie, because that would be I mean, that would be so cool. Let's go I live right there. Let's do it, man. Who wants to be thrown in to see what's on the other side? (laughs) Uh, Come on. I'll I'll, I'll step in. You will? Okay. So let me ask you guys this because people ask me this all the time, and you guys would probably know about this. I don't. I don't know the real stories. I've kind of heard this or that, but I don't have any specifics. So, you know, you you hear people that are um, – I'm I'm still – I still think every – entity out there, creature, being, whatever, you know, you got to be politically correct now with all this kind of stuff. But uh, I believe that each one has its own personality and some might be really nice and loving and caring and kind and and some may just be having a bad day. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And I want to be cautious of that, right? I'm just yeah. a little person. Well, so, that's, well, all mammals are, I mean, they're mammals and all mammals have their own personality to some degree. There's some that are more aggressive and, you know, just assholes or whatever you want to call them and there's others that are a lot mellower laid back but yeah we, there, there's definitely ones that are more aggressive than others and we think it's we think they have like their own little cultures you know like um play, some places they vocalize more and you know knock less other places they knock more and vocalize less it's kind of like the uh killer whales like the killer whales that only eat salmon versus the killer whales that eat marine mammals hmm. well do you think have you do you guys know stories where it is written down somewhere, even if it's hidden, that uh, the Sasquatch or Dogman or any other things out there may have killed someone or hurt someone. Yeah, well, Mark Myersell just did a great in-depth investigation. We'll hook you with that guy. He'd love to have him on his show. He's a Bigfoot historian. Um, he found that the uh, Mount St. Helens, you know, the Ape Canyon cabin oh. site, yeah. In 1924, Fred Beck and those guys got attacked. Yeah. He actually located that spot and brought Cliff there. Oh, he, wow. He, did, he also looked up the uh, Sixes River. It's a famous case from the 1880s. The, the, uh, it was supposed to be a logging camp where the guys were killed. Ooh. You know yeah, that? there's also the, the so. Bauman story from, the, from Teddy Roosevelt. That's another story where Sasquatch killed some people. Um, okay. Per, and, of course— a, a, 
uh, the so, modern reports, well, the uh, the people who get killed don't have much to say about it afterwards, <laughs> so we don't hear about that stuff. This is true. So, where, where's your psychic mediums now, Connie? <laughs> I go with the remote viewers. Remote viewers. Well, do, what do you guys think of missing four one one? David's work. David Politis. I think some of those are big. I think some of those are definitely bigfoots, but I think I think I think a lot of them aren't, and some are. Who knows? But I think I think a few are. Yeah. I think well, yeah, the, I, the ones where they talk about like a, the 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 monkey man and that sort of stuff. You know, those are likely Sasquatches. I I would suspect. Well, you know, when when I had done, there's some uh, there's a girl and it's under like it's on Facebook group, a uh, dog man something. Ah, uh, sorry, I don't know it, but uh, I just had joined it. And she had said she heard me telling the story on Coast where there was uh, Elvis, who, who I think is a dog man, just because of the ears alone, where Dennis said, well, it doesn't really mean that. So, so I'm like, ah. Oh. But uh, and then seeing the beams of light, she had said, well, that all, that happens a lot where the dog man and the beams of light are. You know, UFOs and dog man are always around, she had said. Uh, they're seeing a lot. And I know people have said that about the Bigfoot, too. But the way the, the way the stories come across with David's, it sounds like, you know, beams of light. It's like they're there. They're, they're gone. You know, it's like a beam of light. Boom, takes them and they're gone. Then they're put somewhere else. I kind of think maybe the Bigfoot afterwards where sometimes they find the clothes or the shoes uh, propped up nicely. Maybe that's the Sasquatch going, hey, you know, because they're known for also gifting and little things like that. Maybe they know where you're going to walk and uh, they put the stuff there to say, well, at least here's what's left. Or even if it's a body, I think they're kind of on the nice side of that. Maybe the monkey man that people are saying saying they see at that point, maybe that's a more of a dog man because it's really just the placement of the ears and the snout. And depending on which way they're looking, right, you might think it's a Sasquatch. And I don't know. And they have a tail. Oh, they got a tail? Oh, they got tail. Well, there's some humans that got tails, which is crazy, but they do. <laughs> That's true. <Cool. laughs> what's it called? Best, 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 what's it called, Cliff? A vestigial, vestigial tail? Probably. That sounds about right. He winked at me on match, and then his tail wagged. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. So anyway, sorry if you have a tail out there. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, before you guys wrap it up here, uh, when you guys do, let me ask you, what else do you guys have going on? Because I've heard some – first of all, Cliff, you do expeditions as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been running a few – Every summer, um, Bobo is a guest on them. I've had Dr. Meldrum out as a guest as well, and uh, I take a limited load of participants. So you're not going to go on some trip with me with like 30 or 40 other people. I limit it to about 10 or 12. Um, and I do. I also run it through the um, recreational permit from Mountain Hood National Forest. So I do it in conjunction with the National Forest. So the National Forest gets its taxes and whatever. Because uh, you know nowadays it's about the only thing I'm happy that my taxes are going for is to help out the National Forest in some way. Um, yeah, so I've been doing that every summer, and um, I'll have a couple more next summer as well. You know, doing the museum, I'm doing a lot of speaking events and whatnot, just trying to keep my sanity. That's cool. Can we do an on the road with Connie at your place in the future? Yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. If you're out through the, the side of the continent, just let me know. We'll f- figure something out. Okay, I think that's a cool area. It's so mystical and magical looking. The woods there, just so storybook like. Now, Bobo, are you are, now? You guys, so you guys have this podcast. Thing. This is all brand new. Yeah, I've done four or thirteen have aired, and we've got about twenty done total. So we'll have we got some in the can. We got you now. We'll we'll probably bump you up to the list. So I'll get you out sooner than some of the other ones. Woohoo! Yay! But, yeah, uh, we just started this in yeah. May, I think. Yeah, it's brand yeah. new, pretty much. 
So what else are you going to do with it? Are you going to keep it as a podcast? Because that, by the way, if you're that busy, that's a pretty easy thing. And it's also very, you know, great content, of course. Yeah, you know, um, I just got back from t- t- Tennessee. I was out there at some gig this past weekend in Gatlinburg, and um, I, I was—I'm always taken aback in, in a way that so many people are listening to the podcast and have so many positive things to say. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I guess I'm not talking to the right people, or, or, or you know, but I haven't heard anything negative yet, which is kind of nice. That is yeah. nice. Well, I think you know, I—I I think you guys are extremely well liked, and. Um, you know, you're after, you know, they got the same heart as you guys and they feel really relatable with you guys. And and I'm not just talking about the, the Finding Bigfoot group. Um, I don't know where the other two ever are. I only heard about Moneymaker again through Dennis, you know, running that expedition. And I know nothing about Renee. I don't know. So I'm just thinking it's just you two guys. I think people just love you guys. And that's where they found you. And they want to stick around with you, you know. I think that's the, yeah. the that's the best compliment of all. That was a great compliment. Thank you. It yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But you know, you know, but you know I, I guess I'm surprised that I haven't heard anything negative because uh, um, I I heard so, a fair amount of negative stuff about finding Bigfoot, which I always thought was peculiar. That like you you know you could always just turn it off and not watch it, right? But like, <laughs> but these people would watch it every week and complain and bitch and moan about everything, and it's just like you thanks know you can watch. turn it off. <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching. Yeah, and, and then not only do they watch a show that they apparently absolutely hate, but they go through the effort of finding my email and then <laughs> sending like multiple paragraph email like emails to me about what an idiot I am and how much they hate the show and how, what all this other stuff. And so I guess, you know, being on a smaller sort of thing, like a podcast where we have, you know, five or 6,000 listeners um, versus, you know, something on Animal Planet, uh, maybe that's what surprises me. It's like all the nice stuff that's coming my way. And maybe a lot of those haters have realized that they just don't have to listen. I don't understand how they take all this energy just to hate you and to go through all that trouble to make sure they let you know they hate you. It takes a lot of energy, right? A lot. It does. Like, I don't agree with, I don't know, like off the top of my head, Lou Dobbs or somebody like that. You know, like generally, like he said on the different side of the political spectrum than I am. And But that's fine. We all have our own perspectives. I don't really care what he thinks at the end of the day. I'm not going to go search him out and then work work up my <laughs> and, and just like get, get all frothy about it and, and send them emails explaining in detail with bad punctuation about what an idiot he is and it's like that just seems like so much effort for something that may not be worth it you know the first time i was on coast i was actually i actually did it out of philly i was living in, in philly at the time so i did it out of a philly station and before i even went on the air before anybody even heard me there were all these horrible, hey, she's terrible, she sounds, you know, it was just all this hate stuff. I wasn't even on the air yet. And, and somebody had pointed that out to me, one of the producers. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, get ready for hate mail. You know that's just going to happen. And I'm like, no, you know, I've always done national TV work or radio work, but there wasn't ever an area where people could, you know, all these live chats now and all these forums and all these all these things where they can go and hate you and actually reach you. You know, before they would have to actually mail something in the snail mail. And that's rare when somebody would do that. Um, but, yeah, it was hours before I was ever on. They already hated me. <laughs> like, oh, my seconds. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was that, coming. That's yeah, right. 
they can see the future. Before we lose, I just want to ask you, uh, what, what guy? What was your first? Well, you grew up in a haunted house. Yeah, that's more paranormal. But but for like, what was your first love in cryptids? Was it Loch Ness or like what got you into the cryptid thing? The six million dollar man Bigfoot episode. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> um, um. I was I was really 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 tiny when when that show was on though so you know it was I don't remember much because I was really younger than than you all probably but um, you know I was I was always open to whatever led was led where I was led next and um, at one point I was actually this this is kind of cool story actually you you guys know the movie big blockbuster poltergeist yeah sure. Well, Mm-hmm. One of the writers is uh, Mark Victor, and Mark and I had got connected with Mark, and I guess I was oh I pitched Mark a remote viewing movie, and uh, you know to 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 shoot it, and uh, he and I actually went to Lim Buchanan's house. He was one of the writers, and and he uh, and then he later produced. Uh, he was one of the directors, I think, for the the next ones uh, that happened along the way. But so he was he was totally a part of Poltergeist. And we, you know, we did go to Lynn Buchanan's house and he learned remote viewing because I wanted him to understand how I was wanting the film to be shot. You know, it was really cool. I mean, I'm like going, this is really cool. I'm getting this film guy over here. He's going to see how remote viewers see it in the head. And I'm trying to get him to put a camera in the head. So when he shoots the shot, people know it's inside the head, the mind of the psychic spy. So anyway, all that was kind of cool. And and so I ended up, he started something um, – called Paranormal World, and there was another name, too, and it's all uh, internet-based, and it was where, it was a membership-based where you go and got paranormal documentaries and any types of shows. So he was building that, and at one point he said, hey, find me some documentaries, and I'll give you this amount of money, you know, if it goes on. So that was cool. I was like, yeah. So I started getting some of the ones that we all know out there, and he was actually pleased. He thought, well, you got some good ones here. I'm like, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do, right? However, as I started looking more into these documentaries to get to him so I could, you know, get a little commission and go on, and it was fun. I loved it. I loved being a part of that. Who, who didn't like that? And at one point, somebody called me about Bigfoot, and I said, um, oh, Okay. Never thought about that. Just never thought about it before. Didn't really care much for Loch Ness. You know, I, I, I can, that's not hard for me to not believe or anything. I, yeah, okay, you know, okay. I don't like being in the water anyway like that. I love the water, but I don't like murky waters where I don't know what is around me. So uh, this Bigfoot thing was, was really cool. However, it was very amateurish. And there were quite a few of those. And I, so I said to Mark, I said, Mark, listen, you're, you're on the internet now. You got to do, you got to have part of the platform where it's amateurs. Then he goes, no, no, never, never, never. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is, this is what people watch now. This is a YouTube like thing. This is what people watch. These are the real deals. People putting these things together. You got to watch it. And he didn't, he didn't like it at first, but uh, I think later on he did. He realized how much, you know, YouTube had made a difference with the, everything. It didn't have to be a $20 million freaking Hollywood show, right? People don't care about that anymore, especially people in the genre of the paranormal world. They want to see the real stuff. So, uh, uh, that's how I got into it because they had invited me to their uh, area in Alabama, and and I had experiences that very first night, and that and and somebody you know there were a couple of people mad there because 
at least one that I know of that was pretty upset because they had never had experiences in all their lives and they've been doing it for a long time. And I know a lot of people are like that. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. So when that happens that quickly, you know, you're in. Right. Well, well, how do we know you weren't misinterpreting something on your first night? Oh man, because you know, when you are always being, you teach yourself to be aware of something in the room with you that you don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, you learn and then remote viewing teaches you ambiance. So you can walk into another room and feel what's in there into the next hallway and it's a whole nother vibe, right? So you're constantly feeling what's around you and trying to pick up to where uh, Lynn would say that that he is he's so good that he can sit there in a room and he can tell you when a female walks in or a male whoever the next person is that walks in he could tell you their age the color of their hair if they're male or female uh, sometimes their weight different things like that so he's you know you can get it to be that good and because I had really as a kid was so afraid of this ghost that I knew exactly where it was when it was. So I could be on the other side of the house, you know, so, uh, you, you learn that, uh, for safety reasons. <laughs> so I was pretty good at it, but, but you notice things too. Okay. So I had, I had learned along the way and it's something that I want to get back to with Cliff because he said something about this before. And I, I want to ask him this again. Um, so remind me to ask you something that you had said before, but I was I was laying in one of those campers where they you know they pull out on both sides and then there's a bed on both sides. Right. And I had been taught a little bit about all this stuff, you know, before they even let me go there. Uh, and I had to be quiet about it and all this other stuff. Uh, blah 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 blah. But I was laying there. I was probably the last one to go to sleep. Maybe I was maybe 45 minutes into sleep or something like that. And it had been a long couple of days already. And there, you know, I just should have been conked out, but. I was laying on my side, curled up, and all of a sudden I was awake, and I noticed it. And I've taught myself, notice, notice, <laughs> always notice before you do anything. And I noticed that every – and I asked myself this. I said, why does every cell in my body feel fantastic? <laughs> I feel great. I feel wide awake. I feel alert. I feel awesome. What is the deal? And I just noticed that. I didn't know to connect it to anything or if it was connected to anything. I just knew that I felt great and I should not have. And then vodka. <laughs> none of that either. Darn it. <laughs> but then the camper shook and I went, well, what, what was that? You know, and I, I just shook, it just shook. So maybe it was the guy on the other side and, and then it shook again. And I went, whoa, now, that was a shake, and that came from below. And I was like, okay. And I thought, I'm going to slowly turn over to the right because I'm scared out of my mind in the middle of the woods where there apparently are two tribes out there. And so I tried to slide over and see uh, the the person on the other side to see if they're not moving around, and that's what's going on. But it was very intentional. It seemed very purposeful. You know, and these are some of the things you pick up with remote viewing. So you guys, you need to do that because I think you you would really learn a lot uh, about, you know, and really help you in the future for sure on these types of things, I think. Uh, So anyway, I felt like it had a purpose. So I lay over on the other side and I even said to myself, okay, I'm watching this guy. I'm going to see if it happens again. And I'll see if it happens maybe even from the other side. This is in my head. Lo and behold, it happened a third time from the other side. And that guy didn't move. 
and it ha- the push was from the other side. And it happened four times. And by the way, there wasn't one twig that cracked. There wasn't one branch that uh, uh, was broken. There, and there was nothing but foliage out. And I think it it was a time of the season where, you know, you're in the middle of the woods. You just kind of push everything out of the way, and then you put your campers and stuff there. Right? So um, you didn't even hear anything. One of my friends out in uh, Canada said, oh, it's a bear. I'm like, no, <laughs> you would have heard that thing walking around. Uh, so uh, then – then that's when, that's when um, I got the mind speak, and you know, and I had been studying the aliens, right? So I'm comparing what everybody's saying about the Sasquatch to the aliens, because they all say aliens telepathy. Well, mind speak with the Bigfoot. Um, uh, they can zap you and numb you. Well, that's what they do in the Bigfoot uh, or in the UFO world too. Uh, There's so many similarities. I couldn't believe just had different names uh, that were attached to that to them. And I was basically uh, told that I could unzip that part of the tent and I would see I would see this this thing that was giving me the message of seeing it. And I I said, oh, no, I'm I'm I'm. I'm, I just said no, I think. I'm, I'm trying to re- recollect it now. But um, And it said to me, I wasn't ready for this. I should know it, though. But it was it was though, it was like just unzip it. And I said, no, I'm not ready for that yet. And it said something like, no, it said exactly, well, isn't this what you came for? I mean, I remember that, Plains Day, and I was like, yeah, but I'm just not ready to see it yet. That's That's when I said that. And and it said why, I guess. And I was like, you know, I, I, maybe I just feel so bad about it now because I wish I, sh- I wish I would have done it. But I was scared. I grew up watching King Kong at the drive-in theaters in black and white when I was a little tiny tyke, and, and it scared me to death as a, as a little kid. And so that's really kind of all I thought about. And I've had nightmares about that. And so I just thought this is the closest thing to King Kong, right? Um, not and not trying to be mean or anything. I this I just learned about the Bigfoot at that point, and um, so I said I'm just not ready to see that yet, and and to think about that all the time. And it let me go. It just kind of like released me. But I think that it is what woke me and had my body feeling wonderful when those beams of light were on me, or the one beam of light was on me. I felt great. I wasn't cold, and it was 25 degrees. I wasn't cold. I, I wasn't uh, scared. I wasn't anything. I was just there. So I think that these these different beings know how to – absolutely, I believe they know how to control us. They know how to put us in some sort of – they can turn us off and on. I r- absolutely believe that with all my heart. I know that's crazy, but when you're in it, you're like, oh, my gosh. How come I didn't feel the weather? Uh, I didn't notice how cold it was. How come I I wasn't afraid? How come I felt happy? How come my whole body felt wonderful? And I noticed that. And if you keep that in mind, if that situation happens to you, and then notice too, I can move my eyes, but I can't move my body. However, I can move my torso. Kind of funky, but mm. it's what I found out. That's a trip. Yeah, yeah. So Shut Cliff up with that. 
<laughs> Cliff's like, well, oh, now, no, now I don't really no, want to no, take no. her at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I was, you said something key in there to, because you know, I've, I've heard, I've, I've spoken to a lot of witnesses in, in my life, and and many of these witnesses have uh, stories about this mind talk sort of stuff, mind speak stuff in their head, yeah. um, and but the the thing is. Uh, and you said something really key to what I think is going on here is that like you know you notice that the alien thing. This is it. Be- this is what I want to talk about. Yeah, about. the, so the aliens in your head and the Bigfoots in your head are all saying the same thing. And you even earlier in the the same um, conversation, you mentioned something about the you're you're not sold on the people who like the peace love sort of in your head sort of messages from those other people, right? Oh, you I don't. From- I think there's messages, but I don't know about yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I think all those things are tying together because I yeah. again I've spoken to a fair number of witnesses that have these voices in their head, and I, I'm convinced they're not lying. Um, but the thing is, all of them attributed to Sasquatches, and very few, if any, have direct correlation between Sasquatches and that. Most of the people are out there looking for Bigfoot, and they get weird messages, therefore they associate it with Bigfoot. So I started like asking various witnesses and whatever else, um, like uh, from various facets, you know, uh, because what I notice is that the messages are the same. You know, it's always the same sort of thing. Like you're you're messing up the planet. Peace. You know, you better like get your act together. You know, all that sort of stuff. Like a general kind of hippie esque sort of message. So I started asking around, and one one witness that I spoke to said that um, he asked the voices. Uh, this guy was in Aliens at the time, and he he was convinced aliens were talking to him. Right. Um, uh, he asked the aliens, or the, these voices rather, so are you alien? And the voices replied, alien, sure. I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, not from your planet, that's for sure. If aliens doesn't scare you, then sure, I'm an alien. And, yeah. and I think, and I think that's what's going on with this, with this thing, you know, is because uh, I think that these, whatever that is, and I don't really have a good, you know, hypothesis for what that stuff is, even though I think it's probably out there and it's really happening. Um, I think that whatever those voices are, whatever entity or entities, or even if you're just talking at the back of your own head, I don't know what it is, but I think that those things are more than happy to approach anyone um, in the way that is going to scare them the least. And that's why you get people talking to or Bigfoot's in the people have a Bigfoot's in their head talking to them. That's why you get aliens in people's heads talking to them. That's why you get angels or God in people's heads talking to them is because whatever they're into or they're least afraid of or whatever, I think that those things are just happy to oblige and approach in that way so it doesn't scare the willies out of them. Now, that's exactly what I want to talk to you about because that's what we said at your – that's what we were talking about at your place, um, at the at that barbecue, your old place. You and and that's what I wanted to know from you is what did you think it was? You just you don't know what it is, but you think it is a, a constant out there. I, I think yeah, and you know I, I think it's there, and I'll tell you what, man. I think I think it has to do with our our physiology and the chemistry of our body, because um, uh, in my research on this sort of thing, once I started digging more deeply, I found a huge correlation between after death experiences or near death experiences, that sort of thing. Um, you know, people hovering above their body on the operating yeah. table and you know, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. they also they also come back with the same message, right? And then yep. w- when I was going down those avenues, that's when I discovered this whole thing about DMT, dimethyltryptamine. 
which is the most um, potent psychedelic known to humans. Okay, the, the psychedelic in the same sort of way as like psilocybin or LSD, even though LSD and you know all those other things are in a different family of chemicals. Um, but the thing that's special about DMT. Um, which, by the way, I've never done. I just want to let everybody know I, I'm, not, not, I'm not, not advocating for drug use. <laughs> or like that. Uh, but, but the deal with, with the, th- the special thing about DMT um, is that it, it has started to be experimented on by scientists in the United States starting in the early 1990s um, after all psychedelics became illegal in the 19, in like 1970 or 69 or 71, whatever that was. We weren't, science wasn't allowed to do any experimentation with them at all. Um, until 1992 or something like that, and um, and they but they started doing experiments on DMT because, and this is key here, it's endogenous. It is inside all of our bodies right now. Like if a police officer came in and tested your body right now, you would go to jail because there's enough DMT in your system to arrest you. Um, it's in fact it's in all mammals and most plants. Um, and then, and so this guy, his name's Rich Stra- Richard Strassman, I think his name is, Dr. Richard Strassman. Um, he's, he got permission to start doing experiments on DMT. And by the way, I came upon this through this, this avenue, you know, the Bigfoot voices in the head, aliens, near-death experiences, angels, all that other stuff, voices yeah. in your head. And it led me here. And it turns out that this guy did a four or five-year study or something like that, and he eventually quit the study. This is a scientist, by the way. I think a psychologist, if I remember right. Um, this is a scientist who did this study with the permission of the government, et cetera. He eventually quit the study for several reasons, one of which was something like almost 40% of his test subjects came back from these psychedelic trips convinced they had spoken to non-human entities. And they also had the same messages as the people who experienced non, uh, these other non-human intelligence, whether it's they think it's a Bigfoot or an alien or an angel or God or whatever, near-death experiences. I think it's all the same thing, and I think that there's a chemical catalyst that is indigenous to our body that enables that. And people who experience this mind talk and stuff like that probably just have a slightly different tweak to their physiology that enables that chemical to connect because under most circumstances, um, the DMT that is coursing through all of our blood right now can't connect to the synapses where they belong because clearly it's not a good evolutionary uh, evolutionary strategy to be twisted out on a psychedelic, right? Um, so you so, don't think people are faking it. You think they just have a different physiology. A physiology where they can hear it and that, some, well you know. i don't know if i think that but i think that's a very real possibility mm-hmm. i don't i don't think people are lying or faking it i sure some people are and some people are crazy too on top of it but i also think that there's a lot of honest just sincere people that weird things happen to and there's a perfectly normal chemical physiological explanation for it and this might be it well that's what we had talked about it and you had said uh you thought it was one thing and um, I had I had said that I had heard, you know, it's hard to say these things because, the, you know, it's always all oh, those are the, the crackpot people that hear these voices. It's not I hear voices in my head. It's not like that. But I have heard voices in my head. <laughs> it doesn't come out right, does it? Uh, for a long time on my life where but it was always it, it wasn't like, you know, the, the, you know, the parting of the seas or anything like that. It was never anything like that. It was always something like, hey, you know, I would be running late to uh, something 
and it would tell me to go left and I would go left and it was, I got right there in plenty of time or uh, something would say, hey, go back and get this, things like that, where it wasn't me. It was not me. I, I was saying no to it. And in fact, I woke up enough when I was learning to be conscious of listen to what you, you know, what you hear, what you're feeling, what your body's doing. Um, and, and that's where, um, a lot of times I would say no. Whenever you hear a thought in your head and you say no to it, stop because you wouldn't say no to your own thought. So go back and go, you know what, just do it or at least recognize what you're saying no to and see what would have happened if you did it the other way. Well, you had asked me when we were talking about this. You had asked me about that, and you had said you thought it was one thing kind of basically. And you said – and I said, well, no, this this was the Bigfoot talk, and I know it was. And you were like, well, how do you know that? <laughs> you, like, threw it right at me. I thought that's where you were talking about you won't like me because I'm going to throw it at you, woman. And so you did. You threw it right <laughs> at me. You were like a, a half a foot away, and you are like, yeah, well, how do you, did you know that? And and it was because um, they were taught – I knew it was different from what the other voice is along the way, which, by the way, I grew up Christian in Kentucky. It was the Holy Spirit to me. Right, so it's always whatever you want to put it to be, what you grew up, right? Your environment, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, one of the, one of those right. dudes thought it was a burning bush, right? Yeah, there's all sorts of voices talking <laughs> to all sorts of people. That was well, yeah. Though. <laughs> well, check, check this out. Check this out. Um, I, you know, Rene Descartes, for example. Uh, Rene Descartes, who's like basically the father of all modern science, um, he uh, he when he was an 18 or 19 year old guy, he was mar- marching back for some war in Prague, and um, he was visited by angels that told him in a dream, visited by angels that told him in a dream that the mastery of of nature will go through um, numbers and measure. So basically, he was visited by these incorporeal voices. That gave him this idea that if you if you measure things and use math, we can figure science out. I, the 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 gift of science to humanity was literally through one of these voices in somebody's head that he attributed to angels because he, that's the paradigm he lived in. Right. I I got a and um uh, Alfred Wallace uh, um the uh, he, the co-discoverer of evolution um he was also visited by something while he was in the heights of this terrible tropical fever down in indonesia i believe that gave him the idea of evolution and he discovered it at the same time as darwin um in fact he wrote letters to darwin saying you you've been talking about something like this too and this is what i think and darwin said holy crap the guy scooped me um, but again, same time, same place, or not, 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 it was the same planet, not the same place, but same time, this thing was happening. And that guy was also visited by, by a vision during his crazy, you know, uh, malaria driven fever that he was. Well, so that I, was demonic because that's not real. Evolution is just not real. <laughs> you know what? I, well, I know people who are really into like, oh, that's, that's. Left, I, like he takes pictures and these guys take pictures and he finds demons in it all the time. Yeah. And that's, that, that's his reality. Right. And sure. And when he hears voices, he thinks they're demons. Right. We all have our paradigms. Right. And, or genies. Or genies. Yeah. Genies. Another one. Yeah. Well, you so. had, when you had asked me that about, you said, how do you know it was the Bigfoot, not just that, that voice, that one voice. And, and, and I said, well, they, they actually said, um, like later, the, the next day after I, and I didn't put this together until later. Um, it was the next day or the next night. 
or two nights from there. But it was the same weekend. Uh, we were in another area. We had all sorts of uh, different things happening. And I was exhausted from it. I was like, oh, this is too much. Oh, I got to get back to camp. But but I was in the vehicle waiting for these two guys to uh, hit an area. And then they were going to come back in. And I was sitting there trying to – I was debating, oh, do I keep the car on? Uh, are they going to come up to me or do I keep it off? Uh, you know, how, how do I keep them away from me? <laughs> you know, I was thinking, I'm exhausted. I don't want them walking up to me. I've seen all those d- different documentaries where – People, uh, you know, are on the side of the road because of their car, uh, you know, some car problem, and they got to wait till the morning, and then there's a Sasquatch, and and get out of my, you know, and and even though that's, I think, the best way to do it too, uh, but I just wasn't ready at that point. It was brand new; it was my first weekend. But I had said as I was waiting for them, I said, "Man, I wonder why they they hide from us. I wonder why they hide from us." You know, I said that in my head. And I got an answer. And it was as if this thing was right, and I felt like it was right off to the right and to the side a little bit in the weeds. Uh, and it said, because your face, uh, because our face frightened you, and that makes us sad. And that's where, no, that came from the personality of that Sasquatch. It was not the voice that I've heard before that says, hey, Go take a ride over here and hurry up and get to your meeting. <laughs> you know, it was something different. So I don't believe that they're uh, that part of that one voice. I think they have their own. Yeah, so well, possi- possibly. Yeah. Although, yeah. to be fair, you still don't know that was a Sasquatch. Well, like the, when I had my first Bigfoot encounter, Clip knows this story a bunch of times. Um, when I got charged by when they ran in the bush, one came behind me and started growling. When I went to go, I was thinking, okay, Bo, because I was so, I started getting so nervous and started growling five feet behind me, 10 feet in the air. And uh, I was so scared. I go, all right, I'm going to get together and turn around and take a picture. I had a disposable 35 millimeter, one of those cardboard cameras with a flash. Yeah. And as soon as I started moving just a little bit and I was telling myself, okay, take the picture, take the picture. I got the loudest, clearest voice in my head saying, if you take my picture, I'm going to kill you and they'll never find your body. Whoa. <laughs> See, they hear your thoughts. I am absolutely convinced. But, you know, if, Boba, if, they're tele- if they're telepathic, why do they do knocks and whistles and stuff like that? Why, why would to, to communicate with each other? Why, why wouldn't they just always be telepathic? Why would they scream to find each other? You know, wouldn't they just use telepathy? Maybe it only goes so far. Well, you know, remember, Bobo, when, we were, when we were in Australia, we asked the Aboriginal folks and Native folks down there, like, hey, when, when you see a Sasquatch, is anybody down here, or a Yowie, rather, does anybody down here ever report, like, you hear voices in your head, you know exactly what he's thinking, you, you know, like he's, he's giving you messages inside your head? And, and the guys down there, the Native folks were going, well, yeah, but your dog can do that. Yeah, there's a lot of people I know that can do that with dogs and cats yeah. and, and everything. I wish I could do that. That's so cool. But you know what? I think these things know how to turn it off and on. I just do. I know that's crazy, but that's just what I picked up along the way because I think they turn it off and on. At least they know how to. A lot remains to be seen, you know, and I'm wide open to it. But I'll tell you, it's never happened to me, man. Because I don't want to talk to you. They say, ah, he's right. We don't like him. He's too skeptical. uh, Well, (laughs) apparently some of the like self-righteous tell me that I'm spiritually constipated, but I think that's (laughs) I think that's a judgment that reflects upon themselves better than me. Oh, oh. So <laughs> let me ask, when you, when you were talking about uh, uh, this last uh, place you went with the Yowies, um, where was that? It was what Australia. Was, Australia. Where was it that that Bobes you threw up? And they had it on camera. Why did they oh, put that, it on camera? Oh, okay. 
Yeah, both is a big to put that on camera. Oh, you have to. It's TV, you know. That's true. It was pretty good, but it was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Bobo's a big fan of street food. I'm surprised that's the only time he's vomited on camera, you know. Oh, poor Bobo. <laughs> oh. I feel so bad for you. I did. Uh, I, did. I was pretty miserable for it. You know, that was the only night investigation I ever missed was that night, and I missed a pretty memorable one, or I guess. Probably missed the best one to miss because you guys got caught in the biggest downpour ever. Just about. That was terrible, terrible. But you know that might have been um, a little bit of altitude sickness too, because we I think we're at eighty four hundred feet at that point. That's pretty high up. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I think it was more the uh, <laughs> raw sewage on the floor of the airport where I. <laughs> yeah, that might be it too. <laughs> yeah, three long days in the Kathmandu airport will make anybody vomit eventually, even the bobs. So yeah. what's going on, man? I think we should all do a show. I think we should all be doing a show next. Forget, uh, you know, let's do it. Let's let's do it. I think we all have something in the works, but you know how that goes. You never know if it's going to. Yeah, almost nothing ever happens. So you got to make it happen yourself. Well, thank you, Kai. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. We enjoyed it. Yeah. You guys are awesome. It's great to hang out with you again. It's been too long. Thanks. And same with you guys. So let's uh, we'll do it more often. Thanks, you guys, for having me on your show. Thank, thank you. Kai. We'll talk to you all later. Okay, good night. Bye-bye, Connie. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 